Welcome to the Zulu Time podcast, a straight talking conversation between two watch enthusiasts about the world of military watches. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the Zulu Time podcast with your host Dan from Timely Underscore Moments. Right, happy new year everyone. I hope you had a great Christmas break. I hope you enjoyed uh, the latest episode uh, or the last episode of um, the podcast with Larry over at Cywall. And if you haven't checked it out, please go check it out. Larry's a really cool bloke. Obviously, we went a little bit hard in terms of the career and like the military side of it uh, before we got onto the watches. Mainly that was just out of professional interest, really, to see from my point of view how it works across uh across the um the pond with uh all things psyops effectively i was very interested um so if you don't like that bit i would suggest you skip forward a little bit however um larry will be coming back onto the pod to talk about other things because he's doing a lot of good things out in um well in his own community um for watches and he's bringing new people into the fold and i want to bring in some of his contacts as well because they've got equally impressive and interesting watches but also um they are good people and they've also got interesting careers which i think adds into the realm of obviously what the uh, zulu time podcast is all about so um this episode um is another panel episode so i've managed to coerce i say coerce i came up with an idea over um the last couple of weeks uh for various panel type episodes so stuff like question and answers and stuff like that where effectively the panel members will post into their stories and stuff like that that they're coming onto a QA on um QA session uh and then effectively we'll discuss those Q and A's. With this I came up with a slightly different idea and the idea was born out of watch collecting. All right. And if we were to start again, as it were, loosely, however, um with a certain budget. So we'll talk about it as we go through. However, I'm going to bring the panel members on. So Justin, welcome back. And Joe, Good day. welcome back. Evening. Um, gents, firstly, because this is the first time I've spoken to you both since Christmas break and all that kind of stuff, I hope you had a good Christmas and New Year's. I'm assuming you did because you look pretty content with life. Thank you. I hope the same with you. Mate, I had a great time, as you would have seen. <laughs> I was sat in Cyprus for six days, like, <laughs> firmly doing nothing, and just enjoying the Mediterranean sun. Better weather. Yeah, yeah, you look like you've been hammered out in Texas, mate, with the, the weather lately. Yeah, we got a good ice storm that hit us a bit. It's been pretty chilly. <laughs> um, right, gents, before we get into this episode, right, and we talk about what the, obviously, the topic is, obviously, the own, well, uh, one of two traditions on the podcast is the risk check. So, um, because of the way the panel episode is going to work, Justin, we're actually going to start with your risk check because obviously you're coming second in the panel discussions. That's uh, yeah, I guess that sounds fair. So today I am wearing my uh, well, I guess this goes along with UK versus USA because I've got my Resco Manus on, mm-hmm. and uh, I do have a little touch of England on it still. I've, I've got a Sterling Compass, so. Got a uh, very tactical chronograph on. It looks really cool as well. Um, did you say that that dial combination is a discontinued one as well? Can't remember. Yeah, the reverse pandas. They um, they quit making them at some point, and they've got uh, just the the black 
small seconds now. So like standard panda dials and then other all black variations and such. I like them. I mean, I, I say I like them. I've not handled the Manus, but obviously I'm an advocate of Resco. I own two Rescos in my collection. And in fact, one of them is with you at the moment out for a review. So hopefully we'll see a bit of a compare contrast with the Kaufman uh, to the Manus. Absolutely. Uh, Joe, what, what have you got, mate? Well, for reasons that will become clear uh, a little bit later on, um, I am wearing my Elliot Brown Holton automatic because I wanted to um, get EB into the show mm-hmm. somehow. Um, because of your unique rules that you've set on this uh, little game we've been playing, um, yeah. I didn't actually end up including any Elliot Browns in my uh, list. So there's a little little uh, reveal for you. Yes. So I'm wearing that as like a tribute to those those great guys in pool and. Um, yeah, we'll see what else comes out on the list later on. Nice, nice. Um, so I'm wearing a watch that hasn't actually really left my wrist since it came back from you, Joe. So, guys, over Christmas, I was gifted a really wonderful gift of a Seiko 5 SRPD. Um, but it's technically not the SRPD. It's actually the SBSA001 because it's actually the JDM version, which is really cool. So um, really cool Seiko 5, obviously in the shape of the SKX, for those who don't know what we're talking about. Um, however, it wasn't quite up to my specs for my lifestyle, right? So I basically changed the bezel. Um, or I say I changed the bezel. I bought the bezel and sent it to Joe. He changed the bezel more accurately. Uh, and it's got a DLW uh, blue ceramic loomed bezel on it now for 12 hours, which I just think makes it look a lot better uh, and more practical for what I need it for. Um, however, the um, OEM bracelet... Joe, how would you describe the OEM bracelet on a Seiko 5? Um, noisy, rattly. Noisy, rattly. I was just going to say wank, to be honest. That'll um, work. So I also changed it out and bought myself an Uncle Seiko's Jubilee. And um, I don't regret it. It is a really comfortable combination and looks really cool. So um, that's what I've got on. Um, I don't believe I'll end up taking it off for a while. I think it's it's basically being on my wrist every day. Um, other than maybe the evening where I've swapped out to something else or whatever, but it's just a great watch and I'm really pleased with how it turned out. And obviously, thank you for putting in an evening's work on it. Anytime, anytime. And with the timing as well is something that I was quite proud of because we we yes. really tuned it to like your your position, not just yeah. our position on the time grapher. So hopefully it's still running. Uh, it is mate, it is running within the spec and that i think as well that also aids in the fact that i've not taken it off right like i've just enjoyed <laughs> wearing it because we tuned that movement um justin you're looking at me like i've got ocd i do have ocd basically bro the movement <laughs> was running quite slowly uh for what it was uh and i don't know about you but i feel like i am always running late even if my watch is running a few seconds slower day so we had to change that around a little bit I love it. It turned out great. It's such a great uh, thing. The modding, the modding world, and modding community, and the fun stuff that you can you can cook up. Yeah, it is really cool. And obviously, uh, uh, shameless uh, shout out to myself and obviously the blog. I wrote an article about the watch before the modification, and then I plan to write a update to that with a part two. Again, going through how it happened with some really cool photos that Joe did. Uh, during the evening's work that he put into it as well. So that's all cool. Um, right, let's talk about the overview of this challenge that I set, okay? So the overview was five watches, okay? A five-watch collection, 
consisting of a chronograph, a dress watch, a field watch, a diver, and a GMT slash travel watch. They all had to be bought at retail. None of them could be limited editions or discontinued. And um, they could come from watch companies and watch houses that we've had exposure to or own currently in the collection. However, the specific models that we pick could not be in our collections currently or could not have been in the collections previously. So I like to think that was a bit of a difference because otherwise, you know, what was to stop us from basically just picking five watches that we already have and people already know that we have. I also hoped with those constrictions or uh, constraints that um, it would push us to look at other brands that we may have not spoken about on any of our channels before. So, yeah, that's what um, we came up with. Before we actually start, um, I came in, I'm going to say it because I think you've both outdone me on price, but I came in at 11 and a half grand. Yep, I came in at, what, 14,000 400 as i said to you a little bit earlier today um yeah. you know if dan's going to give me 15 grand to spend on watches i'm spending 15 grand on watches or or there <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. getting some nice stuff in you've got uh leftover money though for a nice meal to wear one of your five watches out at the, the last meal yeah <laughs> what about you justin what, the, <laughs> what did you come in at mate uh i think i just came in just shy of 15 like 14 and some change Something Stop. like that. I definitely had enough. I probably got enough left over to pick up a Seiko or, you know, maybe a nice belly case, something like that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Nice. Well, clearly I set my own challenge and I didn't go fucking full ham on it, which is a shame. But anyway, right. Uh, because it was my idea, I'm going to start. Okay. So we're going to go with the chronographs. So just so you're aware, guys, we're actually trialing a new thing for this panel episode and that one of us is screen sharing. So once we mention something, uh, I've elected a scribe to pull it up and we can all discuss it. So um, chronograph, I spent seven and a half grand all right, okay. on this chronograph. I went in big, okay? okay? And it will become to no doubt for you which one I picked. Uh, I went for Amiga. <laughs> I went for... <laughs> He's already typed it, yeah. He started typing yeah. it in before he even <laughs> said went, it. <laughs> I went for an Amiga Speedmaster, um, Sapphire Sandwich, um on bracelet so the amiga seem uh the amiga speedmaster professional sapphire on bracelet and i would like to say that if i had the choice i would obviously pick the one with the version two bracelet with the on the fly adjustment in the class gents nice. what do you think great choice well it's a uh, the classic for a reason and it's no secret that uh well both of you have been fanboying after these uh recently it's a i'd say it's a strong chunk of the budget mm -hmm. but at the same time it's a watch that no one i don't think will begrudge you spending a good chunk of the budget on because it you know you, you could probably wear this most of the time and yeah. the other ones just um you know a couple of uh, days a week or something but we'll see what else you've pulled out the hat to be fair mm-hmm so um a little bit about my thought process on it is like you said it's a timeless classic right um, I listened to and read somewhere else on another podcast kind of um, watch outlet um, that apparently the Sapphire Speedmaster Professional is now the most popular 
uh, in Amiga's like you know lineup in terms of like sales for 2023. So uh, as yeah. you say, I think the package in itself it's a meta you know spec, you know chronograph. Uh, it's got timeless design, and now I think as well the added bonus of this on-the-fly adjustment in the clasp just makes it completely, you know, the full package. I won't lie to you, gents. You know I own a Rolex uh, Explorer. Um, I could have bought a Speedmaster back when I obviously had that, you know, kind of like figure out what I was going to buy um, for you know that year. Um, but the actual reason I didn't go for Speedmaster was because of the lack of the on-the-fly adjustment in the clasp. A big, it's a big deal breaker. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. So that's why I've gone for Joe. Uh, what about your chronograph? Um, I have mentioned this one. So because just to kind of put a bit of context on my entire list, really, I tried to be a little bit different, catch you both by surprise a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and also your lovely rules have meant that a lot of the things that I would normally go for, mm. um, I I couldn't because I feel like some categories I've already I'm pretty content with. Yeah, um, in my own collection. So mm. this one um is the Hamilton Pilot Pioneer, which Ooh. is Ooh. fairly new. Um nice. It's not the because there's obviously the, the field watch version, but this is obviously the the chronograph. And yeah, it's obviously um styled on the old Fab 4 6 BB chronos. It's mechanical hand-wind, mm-hmm. two register, asymmetrical case. Uh, based, I believe, on the 7750, but they call it the H51 because it's got a silicon balance spring. Mm-hmm. And it's you know fairly straight up. You've got that kind of classic styling and a decent kind of modern movement, okay loom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the smallest, not the biggest thing. It's about 41 mil, and I just quite like that style. And uh, as you know, obviously, I've been uh, kind of borrowing your vertex for the last week or so and that's the mono pusher and it's, it's a very similar kind of kind of vibe but i do think overall i prefer the kind of two two button chrono look yeah i mean that like i said it's another classic chronograph design isn't it you know if you asked a child who's seen a couple of watches to draw a chronograph they're even gonna draw that or they're gonna draw a speedmaster right you know that's kind of it um what i like about uh hamilton is the handset you know that star yeah. handset i even like the uh faux patina i didn't mm-hmm. actually you know i'm I'm not i know people like you got those vintage watches i don't mind faux patina when it's done well on a, on a modern watch you know i think that is done well as you know i think you know unfortunately as much as i love the watch but i think the no time to die seamaster the faux patina is probably one grade too heavy mm-hmm you know, but that looks quite nice, that. I think it matches that brown dial very well. I think that's why it's, like, it just sells itself because it's it's all very color-oriented with that brown. It's mm. almost, you know, brownish-yellow, and then it matches with the straps, too. I like it. Yeah. And, it and- probably adds that it, it was, uh, I found it at an AD. I think Hamilton is knocking it out for £1,900, okay. which is fairly strong. Um it's at, I think it's Chisholm Hunter at the moment for twelve hundred, mm-hmm. um, so a bit of a bargain I think at that price you know seven hundred pound off yeah uh, brand new so that uh, that's a good good bargain I think yeah and also like uh, mentioning the Vertex MP forty five you know fantastic chronograph uh like you said maybe not to everyone's taste stylistically you know because not ma- you know not many people think 
chronograph when they think mono, you know, mono pushes. I don't think they necessarily understand that. I think that's what I think that's probably one level more technical mm-hmm. in terms of watch movement for a watch nerd than your average chronograph there. Um, and I, but I also would say though that the vertex, as wonderful as it is for me, actually is probably slightly on the bigger side, isn't it, in terms of how it wears. I think it's scaled at 42, but I would say it probably wears slightly larger. Well, the, the asymmetrical case, I mean, as you know, it, it's kind of a, a crown guard that runs down the whole side. I think that's the, the purpose mm. of the design. And then having it as a mono pusher, you're already kind of quite weighted to that right-hand side case-wise. And then putting one pusher at the top, mm. it basically makes it like top right heavy. So yeah. I prefer myself a mono pusher, I think with a kind of a more traditional almost like a Carrera case, um, mm. that kind of classic style, just mm. with the pusher or this kind of 6BB style chrono. Um, but that's I mean, not, not to take away from the Vertex, but it is no. a really nice watch. Yeah, it is. Um, this uh, Hamilton, does that have a display back? It doesn't. It's um, It probably could do with one, to be fair. Mm. But I would say that there are some pictures floating around of the movement in it. And mm. the Salita, which is obviously very similar that's in this vertex looks nicer and that does have a display back. So mm. um, clearly they obviously went to, went to town with the, the decoration on the Salita version ready for the display back, but this has got a solid back um, eight mil crown as well, which is quite nice signed as well um, nice. for the hand winding. Nice. Hamilton has some of the coolest chronographs to be fair. Like there's a lot of the chronographs that I really enjoy aesthetically you know i see them online other people post them i'm like dang i could i could see myself wearing that they're cool the field chrono um it's just basically the same movement i think is nice it's it's thick um but it's cool it's got yeah. the, i think it's got 3d um numerals as well like a vertex mm-hmm. oh that's uh, very similar cool. yeah thick boy and the the molded loom numerals mm-hmm. that's cool nice. i like it mr chronograph himself Justin, well, out, I don't know how this happened, but I don't know where you shopped at. I guess maybe we had, um, or maybe yours was in pounds, but I think we picked the same watch. I chose the Omega Speedmaster Professional Master Chronograph 3310.30.42.50.01.002, which I think is the exact same one that, that you chose. Sapphire as well. I think, yeah, it doesn't say, so I'm on uh, exquisite timepieces is what I used as my uh, um, shopping outlet, basically. And it doesn't say, it just, it says crystal domed scratch resistant, which, yeah, that's sapphire for sure. Because I think the, um, the, the crap, I just had a brain fart. The uh, headlight is not scratch resistant, so... Mm -hmm. I believe I mean, we chose the same one, but on on exquisite timepieces they have it listed for eight thousand uh, US dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yep, that's the same one. I mean, nice. it's, it's a good good choice once again. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I'd like to just say, guys, that we just want to interject very quickly. I just want to state, guys, we don't know what we picked. Forgot to say that at the very yeah. beginning. None of us have have spoken to each other about this. Um, I appreciate that you also have uh, share in great taste, Justin. I'm a <laughs> fan of that watch. They're classic, yeah. Like you know, and I had this thought in my head on like when I was building my list because you, as you know, Joe said, we've been fanboying out on these for the last mm. few months and just been talking about them more and more. And uh, the one that I keep coming back to that I really like is uh, is my birth year, a ninety three 
mm-hmm. uh, Speedmaster, and that's kind of the one I've been looking at. But obviously, I cannot find any new old stock of those, yeah. and they're all used on eBay, and they're much cheaper. But uh, they're just really vibey. I think all of them are super cool. I like the the inverted uh, tri-compaxes, too, where they have them uh, set up vertically. But just such a timeless watch. I think it'll, you know, 100 years from now, if civilization hasn't collapsed, I guarantee you they'll still be wearing Speedmasters. Yeah. And um, even if civilization has collapsed and we are emigrating to the moon as a race, you know that people are everyone will be issued one (laughs) they'll be timing their space journeys mate with uh, a speedmaster um epic watches i'd like to just say as well because um this will actually tie in loosely with my closing notes but 2024 is obviously going to be a big year i think for you know the boys at nasa so um it would not surprise me if we start to see um a speedmaster professional with an artemis mission Patch. Oh man, that'd be cool. Really cool. So very cool. But yeah, so chronographs, guys. Uh, obviously, that's what we've picked. I'm clearly a fan of of, but in this case, both instead of all three uh, choices. Um, I'm gonna be biased and say that the Speedmaster is slightly better, just in my own. <laughs> um, it is. It is. However, um, what I will say, Joe, with your pick is, um, I felt it's very in keeping with your taste in terms of. Seiko Gen One, Gen Twos, or obviously, which I would say, yeah, I get the same vibe of that. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the next rabbit hole for sure. Is the mm-hmm. we're going back in time. It, you know, yeah. we've we've done the nineties chronos. Mm-hmm. Next will be the mechanical chronos, and before you know it, we'll be back to where where you've got some stuff from the you know Second World War and things. Mm-hmm. Definitely right. So moving on to dress watches, I thought we'd do this a bit earlier because. I don't actually have many dress watches in terms of specific dress watches. I'd say that a lot of my vintage watches, um, maybe the Amiga um, 30T2 that I have could be considered a dress watch now from Mm -hmm. modern standards, but I don't specifically own an actual dress watch. I'd say that all of my watches are along the lines of steel sports watches, but could probably dress up. Um, So I've come at it completely um, out of the blue in terms of left field for me, but I went for Baltic this time. Nice. Uh, nice. I've no experience with Baltic whatsoever. I just think they're really cool in terms of this particular watch. And I went for the MR01 in blue. It costs, I had to do a currency conversion. Uh, in euros, it's 545 euros, which is the equivalent at the time of when I put the list together of 466 pounds and 50p. Um, so I went for the dark blue one, but the reason I actually like it is, um, a obviously clearly very dressy, um, but the case back on it for me is really cool. cool. It's so big and the micro rotor in it, and that's the point. Yeah. Right? I think for me yeah. it was a unique enough dress watch that I would have that in my collection because of the fact that it looks cool. It looks very dressed from the front, but it looks very cool from the back, and it's got enough unique styling cues on it uh and it kind of reminds me of like an fp jean with the oh. you know the text and, and the applied markers in terms of the arabic numbers so for me that's why i went for it um it also has no loom it's just polished hands and i think that was another thing that i kind of like put into my own head you know what is a dress watch a dress watch is something that you know traditionally wouldn't have loom so that's what i went for um gents what do you think 
there's nothing else I think at this price point. I mean, you know me, I'm I'm famously um, you know, struggled to put my hand in my pocket for uh people's retail prices. Mm. Um I would say this is absolutely spot on. There there is nothing else at this price point, as far as I've seen, that's doing micro rotor and even just you know off the top of my head i'm sure that the actual uh, movement itself is you know out of china or something like that but um at the same time that doesn't take anything away from it because if you look at the decoration on it um it it's nothing short of exquisite you know it's really good and if you told me this was you know pushing a thousand pounds i would say that makes sense so yeah. um it's like almost you know pleasantly surprising yeah great choice Great choice. I'm a fan for sure. Yeah, I'd, uh, well, you guys know I picked up that um, bi-compacts that mm -hmm. they make. And it's just, I mean, just a little bit more than this. I think it's like right at 600 or so. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think case finishing wise, like well, I've just blown away, you know, at what you get for the mm -hmm. price point. I think, uh, yeah, very uh, old world feels is the the phrase I've been using a lot with it, with the extremely yeah. polished handsets and and uh all the applied indices on it they catch light really well and look extremely cool very very good choice yeah i like it cheers right uh joe i have gone for um i think it's a fairly new model in the grand seiko line i wanted to get Ooh. a gs in there somewhere mm -hmm. and Ooh. i went for it on the dress watch category because i think it's something that they do best so it's the SBGW299. It mm -hmm. is a small case, and it was first seen with a limited edition pink dial, um, which was kind of like a candy floss dial. Mm. Um, if that was still available, I would have gone for that. But that was a limited edition around a year ago. So I've gone for this. It's like a blue dial with a um, kind of pattern that, of straight lines that kind of emanate from the center. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's 36.5, I think it is, sorry, um, hand-wind 9S movement. Nice. And, yeah, I just think that the size on it is great. They need to keep keep going with these small watches because even, like, the Snowflake, which is obviously their, their biggest selling model still, um, it's lucky that it's titanium, but it is quite a big watch for mortal size wrist, as you always say. I could probably pull it off, but... I'm more than happy wearing a 36.5 and yeah, I would love this off the top of my head. And I have got it written down. It, it comes in in the UK at 4,900 um, from an, I think from an AD at the moment. So it's strong money, but I think it's, it's worth it. That is strong for a dress watch. I think that was my other fear was the fact that I don't go to many occasions where my steel sports watches can't dress up enough. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? That, whereas that is definitely a dress watch through and through. You know, you throw that on, like, um, I don't know, like a black lizard alligator strap as well, or something like that, you know, to really dress it up for, like, your, you know, you know, your gala dinners in this mm -hmm. hypothetical situation. But, like, that dial finish is just phenomenal. It's been Zeratsu polished to death, is what I would describe that as. Definitely. I like it. Yeah, that's definitely um definitely a suit and tie businessman everyday type watch. You mm -hmm. know, like if I was a lawyer or something, I could I could definitely rock that every single day. And 36 mils, great size. You're not gonna have much issues with with cuffs and stuff on jackets. 
I think uh, it gives me, you know what it gives me a lot of is uh, ball engineer-esque vibes with just shape of everything and then the uh, asymmetrics of it all. Yeah. The, That's um, cool. I mean, the, the, the case as well, still sharp and sporty with those lugs as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not as it, dressy, it like is rounds it? rounds off, yeah. You know, in, t- in terms Very of that, circular. Like, it, it's got that, yeah, I mean, it clearly it's a Bansoko. It's got, you know, that identity going all the way through it. And I think it's, it is it is nice. Four grand on a dress that's watch. A great though, choice. That is, yeah, that's a great bro, choice. That is it. I mean, <laughs> I was just going to say about that, really. I, I was torn between, do you have, because like you rightly say, you're not going to wear your dress watch every day unless you're in a suit every day, which I'm not. Mm. So do you set your daily watch as your nicest one, which... Mm. You know, a seven grand speedy is is pretty much down that path, isn't it? Or yeah, yeah. Um, which is a great great idea to be fair. Um, or do you go? My special watch is going to be that mm. kind of extra bit special, and when I wear it, even if it's twice a year, I'm gonna really gonna appreciate it. And I'm just looking at my my little list now, and that is a, definitely the the priciest watch on my list. Yeah, but Strong. I thought I want a GS. There's some other GSs that I like, but they were coming in best part of ten grand. Um, and I mm-hmm. didn't want to blast dip like ten grand yeah, on the dress yeah. watch, so I thought this was a good balance. <laughs> it, it is pricey, yeah, but it's, it could have been worse. I was looking at the the Lake Sumo, yeah. which you might sit, have seen before, and that that thing's really nice. But yeah, I mean, it's spring drive and it's crazy money. So can you just uh, Google the uh, movement? I'm interested to see what the actual movement looks like because obviously I'm I'm assuming it's a solid case back on them because a lot of them are aren't they on the gs yeah i mean that, that's a good good question I, they one thing that i've noticed recently a trend with gs and yes it is a, it is a solid case back mm. but it is um it's a fairly plain looking that is, isn't it? that's really cool um hand wound movement with uh you kind of striping i uh, hesitate mm. to call it geneva stripes because obviously so, uh, Ginza stripes, mate. yeah Ginza stripes yeah but a lot of them they have, have been putting these glass backs on but don't forget that in general, when you get a display case back, a watch gets thicker, yeah. and this is a petite watch for sure, um, especially for GS. So, yeah, solid case back. Nice, nice. Justin, you're up, mate. Yeah, I I uh, kind of just came out of left field with this one. Uh, dress watches, you know, like you were saying, I do not own a lot of them, so. My what my pick was the Nomos Glass Hoot Orion. Nice. That is out of nowhere, isn't it? Great choice. And it came in at 2020 US dollars. Nice. White dial. Yeah. Super clean, just real big, you know, real big. It's just staring at you, you know. It's not there's no hiding this this dial. I mean, it is the watch. The watch is a dial and then it's mm-hmm. strapped on your wrist. And I think uh I think that that's cool. I think that if you're going out, you know, you're going out to have drinks at a party or something like that and you're getting dressed up, you know, it's going to people are going to see it. You know, if you're wearing something to get dressed up, you know, you obviously want people to see it. And so that was kind of my uh deal when I first saw it. I was like, "Wow, that's just it's big." It is big, but I With like the, it. Um, simple though, Bauhaus design, German yeah, engineering. You're always going to be in time for uh, your gala dinners with that, aren't you? The case back sick. Yeah, it's a cool watch. Yeah, there's a bunch of different colorways. I think the one that I had found on uh, exquisite timepieces, it was like a the wider the gray dial. 
Well, it's got a nice small seconds as well. I mean, it's a yeah. very obvious yeah. statement, but when you've got small seconds, it does look like it's sweeping smoother, doesn't it? So yeah. I've been appreciating that on the, the Vertex this week, and mm. I think that that would be the same. It, I, I'm not sure what the beat rate on that movement is, but they always tend to look smoother than mm. they perhaps are because the second hand is so small. I'd oh, assume yeah. it's a 21,000 beat rate. I'd assume. Yeah, either that or 28. I, I wouldn't mm. say it's, it's going to be... I it looks quite thin actually, uh, which is nice. Obviously, what you want. It's a nice side one. case profile on that actually. Now that you brought that photo up, nice quite long side. lugs. Yeah, yeah, it does have longer lugs, but it's weird. They almost disappear because the I don't know if it's the strap or the mm -hmm. turn down on them because it looks mm -hmm. like they turn down a bit. So they kind of almost look like they kind of just disappear into the strap almost. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, really good. I think that the pink dial is very a very good looking one as well. They've got but quite it looks a few like options, just a, yeah. a fun one for sure. The great one, yeah, thirty five mils. So it's a very it's a small watch, but it looks huge. If that makes sense, at thirty five mils, I mean the dial just is very poppy. Yeah. Really thin bezel to it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Isn't it? It's, find the, it's not. It doesn't even look like a bezel. It just looks okay. like the edge of the case. Mm -hmm. So it is uh their manual line, 17 joule, 43 hour, and it does not list what it beats at. I think they're doing their own in-house movements now, aren't they? It's uh, tiny, yeah. Nice, they have it uh, listed at 2.6 mils thick. That's yeah. Wow, okay. That's, that's tiny. <laughs> that is strong. No, I like it. I think it's a good choice, mate, and uh, I would never have called that for you. So. I wouldn't have called that. Anyway. Yeah, it was very random. I couldn't like. I was trying to think in my head, and I did the old, the old classic. Like, I don't know what watch I want to buy, but I want to buy a watch. So you just yeah. go to you know watches of Switzerland and go you know click on <laughs> dress watch and then see what you like. And that was kind of what jumped out at me. I didn't Super even think. Thin. Yeah, look at that one right there. Yeah, yeah the the one where it's at an angle. I didn't even. Uh... I didn't even Nutty. think about German watches. Uh, on large here. Um, this was or... honestly like the, these guys are kind of the only, uh, well, besides Sin, but like dressy watches, the Nomo stuff. Because I think that's what Jason, that um, what a wrist rolling, I, I can never remember the What's rolling? IG handle right off my head. But yeah, I think he picked up a Nomos at some point. Mm. That's they're, nice. they're doing some cool stuff. Uh, the German, yeah. they, they get overlooked a lot, but. Um, I think it's they're expensive, yeah. They're, they're yeah. always on the higher end, it seems like. It was, you know, whether the thing it's is, the, I, the I guess as well, were dressed. I guess as well, when you think German dress watch, you and you think, like I said, it's always expensive. And uh, I guess nine times out of ten, most people think, oh, a, a, a Lange is on it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you get overshadowed by the yeah. Swiss neighbors. Mm. I think no. Steinhardt's been a, a pretty good one to come in and, and plug that hole at affordable prices and stuff, but. I've never that is one. my dress watch pick. Nice. I like it. I'm looking at that thinking, do I like the Baltic less now? <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's go back to a little bit more familiar territory from now on in, because as much as uh, the dress watches are nice, yeah. it also make me feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, so <laughs> moving on to field watches. So I went with a British brand uh, to give you a clue. Um, not Elliot Brown. <laughs> later on i managed to get elliot brown in um so i went for farah and i went for um 
because I didn't want to be just basic bitch three hand field watch in the end because you know I changed my own rules. However, um, I went for the Barra Rocher World Timer, and it comes in at fourteen hundred and forty-five pounds. That's the badger, that one right there. So, um, I just think it looks cool. So, molded loom, like the vertex. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's gonna glow like fuck. Um, yeah, that's just cool, right? That's clean. Yeah. Uh, a very busy dial because it's a world timer, right? Um, but I just think it's just a bit different. Uh, I mean, obviously you've got the globe. Uh, in the center, that's mm -hmm. obviously links to um, you know, um, the movement and that spins as well. So that's what you get, and then you've got the uh other crown which spins the outer world timing elements with all the cities around it and the city internal bezel um i just think it's really cool i've handled a couple of farers at like um red bar events and uh the um world time uk down in in heathrow but it's just not a watch that i've never fully committed to i like them uh, I think for me that these are the best ones of the bunch. I think they're mo the most unique ones. And I think this is when I think Farah, I think this, I don't think anything else. Uh, I don't know why I just do. Um, I think for me, the contrast as well with the dark blue, with the city bezel in white, just again, adds a different dimension and a bit of depth to the dial. I like, I like the busy, I like a busy dial on a, especially on a, like a daily kind of watch. Mm. Um, it gives you something to look at, and as we've seen, you know, we we've obviously got the images pulled up here of the three D loom mm. combined with the globe and all the cities around. You know, there's plenty to look at, and yeah. that's the kind of thing that would entertain me at my desk. Um, on I'm a never day -day getting basis. any work done. That is true as well. <laughs> <laughs> I never get any work done anyway. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll crack on then. Yeah, that's clean, dude. I like it. Uh, this is. I don't think I had ever seen this model, or maybe I hadn't seen this colorway, but I think I'd seen the white one maybe yeah. on uh, Instagram at some point. But that's a really cool watch. I like mm. the loom for sure. The the out that loom inner bezel. Mm. reminds me of those timex indiglo yes watches that yeah. they used to make very cool i think as well the continents joe if you pull that photo up mate i think the continents got a slight yeah it looks like they glow blue just a yeah, little they bit got a maybe little it's just a lighting hit yeah it's you know, the going on, isn't there? yeah yeah you know the person to the person that we need to get to write about that watch is aj so i'll shout out to him aj has a rochet um okay. and i actually really? yeah uh he's had it for a few years i actually didn't tell uh i didn't actually tell him about this pick and it wasn't inspired wholly by him but i just think it's a really cool watch um i don't know if I yeah they look like they got on... a couple of bracelet options yeah too. i've never seen it on bracelet that photo is pretty cool I don't they, know. they had the melanie's uh picture on the one down there mm. a second ago too female yeah, I like it. as well yeah i like it yeah i've never seen it on bracelet before that's a really cool Cool, uh, good choice good choice dude no. it's weird the bezel looks like it like is overhanging the end link it mm -hmm. does isn't it yeah i like that too it's yeah, uh, the, the look to look look short on it mm. that's 39 mil it's a great okay. size right great that's size, great size, great yeah, daily, great yeah. size. 
you know, so yeah, you never know, gents. This actually could be a watch that I would consider. Uh, Farah, if you're listening, please send me one for a review on the Recon Team watch blog. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Joe, what have you got, mate, for field watch? So um, it is the Formex Essence Legera in Ooh. 41 millimeters. Interesting. And this is something that I've, I will hopefully get one at some point. It's something I've wanted since I was, you know, didn't even really know what I was talking about with watches. I saw yes. them on uh, Mark, shout out to Mark, a Long Island watch. I normally shout him out. Anytime I do a podcast, I shout out Mark. I don't even know the guy, um, but I just feel like I'm indebted to him because of mm. all of his cool videos. And yeah, I mean, you've got obviously um, forged carbon case, forged carbon dial, which mm. is, you know, kind of a bit divisive. So they are now doing the colored dials as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen the suspension system on these watches, but the entire movement assembly is sprung inside mm. the outer case so that, um, yeah, basically if you flex your wrist, it will kind of push the movement out of the case a little bit, a bit like when you're wearing a kind of Marine National strap, but kind of mm. totally built into the case. You you could wear a solid strap with this, but it'd still feel like you're wearing a kind of slightly elasticated um, strap on it. And then the other thing which we kind of touched on this week as well was that, They've got this really cool forged carbon um, deployant uh, butterfly mm. buckle on the straps that is quite unique in that it's got micro adjust in it and it moves the little um yeah, the little I don't know we call it the dimple that kind of goes into the yeah. the strap holes that is able to be moved on like a ratchet system so I just think yeah for a daily um it, it just ticks a lot of boxes apparently they I haven't actually handled one but they feel like almost like plastic because they're so light. They um, do, they do. I handled yeah. these at uh, at Intersect Dallas mm. last oh, year yeah. in September. Formex was there. Yeah, mm. I get to mess around with uh, their whole lineup, and I I think one, the one that I messed with, I think it was an orange dial, one that they had on display. They had a bunch of different colored ones, but mm. uh, super lightweight. Yeah, I picked it up, and I was just I looked at my buddy Steve and was just like, dude, <laughs> I just handed it to him, and I was like, this is insane. It feels it. It feels plasticky, but at the end of the day, you know, it's carbon, so it's not even that big of a deal. But it, I think it may just be whatever type of finish, because it's almost satin, so it's just real smooth <laughs> to the touch, if that makes sense. But they're really cool. Very, very good size. I think, what do they have them in three different sizes, right, or two, 39 and 41? I think so, yeah. Or it, I think yeah. for the this one, it's 41 and 43, and then for the steel, you can get... I think 39, 41, 43. Okay, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're cool watches. They're very they're very unique in their K shape. I think that's what mm-hmm. kind of blew me back. And like you were saying, the ratcheting system on it is something, you know, I've never even touched or seen before. Very unique pieces for sure. I've only that ever was... handled the steel ones, but yeah, the bracelets mm-hmm. and the Yeah, yeah, the, clasp, the, yeah the clasps and how they attach to your wrist is very unique. Uh, you can buy them on their own, I believe. The the buckles, and you know, if if you've got the right kind of fitment on the end of the strap, you know, from another watch, um, you know, you can fit one of these uh, buckles. And they're not too bad. I think they're about hundred. You can see this one here is about ninety euros. Um, that whole watch is one thousand seven hundred and fifty at the moment on, you know, the 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 proper formex strap with the, with that buckle that we mentioned. That's cool. Yeah, there's those colorful ones that they did. Mm-hmm. They're cool. 
That's my choice. Nice choice, man. So I, I came in uh, wicked cheap. You went for. I didn't spend a whole lot. Well, I blew my load on the Omega, so you know <laughs> so I you had went... to kind of fill them in as I could, and and uh, but I picked a cool one. It was it, this was like obviously I was thinking field watch. So what do I go with, right? So I'm thinking, well, it's recon team, so why not? Let's go with a recon watch. So I chose the Presidious Rexpec in khaki brown. Strong. Very cool. Mac V Sog Seiko kind of vibes. You know, it's it's basically a re-release of the Mac V Sog Seiko. Uh Presidious did it. Uh, I believe they're out of North Carolina. Somewhere like that. Um oh, yeah, yeah, US US brand day date watch. They're cool. I was involved with this brown. Yeah, the brown one. The brown one. Beautiful. So I was Great involved place. with um, Oscar over at Presidious uh, yeah. when it came to this. Um, effectively, I probably should write this for the blog. I've probably just hung myself for another article. Uh, just <laughs> but, um, effectively, um, Oscar approached me about buying the original. Oh, yeah, look at that picture with the McAfee song page um uh, so yeah justin asked me to uh, oscar asked me to uh you know would i be happy to sell him the original and then oh nice presidious, Is that who, who uh picked one up from you yeah That's and cool, then presidious presidious uh they um scanned it for want of expression obviously made all their renders to get their models correct oh that's cool stuff. that um, is really cool with a little bit of their own obviously spin to it because obviously they're yeah. as you said they're a historical reissue or i would say not reissue i'd say that they're a historical interpretation aren't they because interpretation not yeah, all a, of them a are lot better word yeah not all very of them modern are, take on it yeah and not all of them are um accurate shall we say to the originals because obviously sizing right they've modern they've modern right yeah it's a complete modernization but when you look at it you immediately i mean for you me know anyways what? my brain just goes straight to back feet yeah, yeah exactly like, and that's what he's super cool and that's exactly what he was after so you know i have it. a i have the molded loom yeah i have the a11 as well and they're fantastic watches you know um and my one's actually is a carbon copy because it is the original size but um he scaled this to 38 mil from the original 36 which is quite nice uh and then another yeah. feel good part of this story is um the original watch was then um sent over to john striker meyer who is a mac v sog veteran um so i've helped aid a mac v sog veteran get a mac v sog seiko back on his wrist um, especially because he lost his original one that was issued during the war, um, body surfing in, um, I believe, in <laughs> I believe um, on the East Coast um, after the war. So he survived the war and did all those mental things that are obviously uh, documented in running recon and um, over the fence and all that kind of stuff and all the books that he wrote and interviews he's done only to lose his Seiko surfboarding. <laughs> Yeah, that's tragic. Really cool story, though, that uh, he was able to get one yeah. back in his life. And uh, yeah, you know, yeah. he appreciated that for sure. He did. And cool. um, this this version, this this interpretation of those watches, I believe, has been sold out with every single release. Doesn't surprise yeah. me. I mean, it's it's really popular at the moment. Mm. The, the kind of Matt V 
type story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just yeah. so happens my own personal taste that out of the because I think the original watches there were three yes, uh, there different were. Uh, references, and this is my favorite. And I think generally from what I've seen on Instagram and things like that, it tends to be the favorite kind of case shape. Um, that this more the other ones are more of like a cushion kind of case, weren't they? So uh, no, so rounded. the six six one nine and six one one nines are that case shape that you see in front of you, and then the seven zero zero five is like a cushion on yeah. shape. shape. So, yes. Yeah. But what I the reason why I think this watch is so synonymous with McVee is the fact that this was obviously the first version or the original. Joe, you may as well bring up an original, mate. Um, six one one nine eighty one hundred, I believe, top of my head. There we go. Um, once this loads, because then I'll loading talk... at some point, yeah. There yeah, there you go. <laughs> then I'll talk wax lyrical. So, um, this version, um was the first iteration that was issued so the one before that the 6619 mm-hmm. they um were technically not issued they were bought by obviously the mac vsog operators and then when uh ben baker um the effectively logistics procurement specialist who supported the mac v teams and all that kind of stuff saw what they were wearing he then obviously as the story goes went to seiko and got them those issued and that was the next version because obviously the 6619 was discontinued two years later. And that's mm-hmm. why they went for the 6119. What I found yeah, those the, are my favorite. Yeah, what I found though with the originals is the 6119, like it's brass cased, you know, it's a base plate metal with with chromium. Oh, yeah. Um, which obviously Plated. that's how you know you've got one because for want of a better expression, the uh, the cases are fucked. Um <laughs> yeah, they chip. They chip, but I, I, but they've got steel case backs, you know. Um, whereas I personally, um, prefer the seven zero zero five because it's an all steel case. However, yeah. what I miss with the seven zero zero five, and you gain with the other two, is the fact that you get day and date complication with the other two. You only get date with the seven zero zero five, even though yeah. the seven zero zero five is the rarest one issued because of just the length of time. That they were issuing them there was just less of them and that's why they're yeah. wet, rarer um but you can again you can see the um practicality in terms of the aesthetic in the design form follows function in all of those watches um but yeah. i also like this the mirror sunburst gray dial of the original 6619 6119s as well again you're missing that with the 7005 but i can see why you picked it bro uh it's a, it's a really nice watch um, I love the numerals too. I think I think the 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 you know just plain numerals are mm. clean. They're very crisp. The shape of them are are really good to the eyes. I think it's real easy to read. Just everything about it, you know. Mm. What was the price cool. again? Two ninety five is what uh, I found them listed for on their website. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's a so, solid price. Just at three hundred US dollars. Yeah, they're running NH thirty. Five sixes, it'll be sixes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, really cool. And the thing is, you know, Oscar's doing great stuff because, like I said, it's still a prestigious, um, you know, interpretation. You know, like I said, you can get some different textured dials, you get a slightly beefed up case and, you know, modern sizing. Yeah. 
you know, look across his other lines. And I know we've just, you know, we're now just kind of going off on a tangent on the company itself, but <laughs> like, you know, just look across his other lines and what he's been releasing, you know. He's, well, the chronograph, I, yeah. I, I kind of, I was about to say it, uh, but we started talking about something else, but Joe's pick is spot on. Mm. If you want that Hamilton chronograph, but you don't want to, you know, shell out that much dough, Presidious, they just released one and it looks dang near identical yeah. to it. They're very similar case shapes mm-hmm. and styling on it. It's smaller than the originals, I believe, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the they're new. It's called the Pack Seventy Six Chronograph. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's under forty mil, and uh, it, it looks. Like yeah, it I think it was really like well. listed at thirty eight and a half or thirty nine, mm-hmm. something like that. Spot. It's, it's just a cool traditional size, isn't it? Thirty eight to forty. Um, that's my favorite size yeah like obviously i can wear um you know 42 43 Mm -hmm. but 44 45 like that that's just kind of getting out of hand for me obviously i still wear them yeah i can put on my wrist but that's when i'm like really in my head about okay i gotta take this off i gotta put something else on so yeah i like to live like 42 Mm -hmm. i mean realistically i could probably wear a 32 all the way down to that Mm -hmm. you know something old old but it's a good size and you know what? They're just cool watches. The history of them, the way he's done his own interpretation of them is just really cool. You know, Great. there's so many people, I think, over the last few years um, who have been after the originals or something modern to get that vibe. Um, yeah. You know it's what I mean? It's expensive and there, there's not many of them. And then, there's not many. Yeah, left. sometimes buying new stuff like that can be shoddy with as many watches are posted online from the Indian markets and stuff like that. Like you're just really it's a gamble sometimes. And yeah, you know, a lot of people don't have the uh the the will to make it through that. I certainly do not. So right. this would be my choice. I, I was really fortunate, guys, when I bought my three effectively. You know, I kind of I, I like to think I kind of crested the wave like you know I, I came into it a little bit earlier as they were kind of getting known about but early enough for me to get them at, at accessible prices yeah you know, and i also had the contacts to get them you know i i have contacts through um effectively a, a, a military history reenactment group who actually do stuff to do with the vietnam war all the time and they were actually the gents who managed to procure me one uh joe you're like this the 7005 actually came into um one of those contacts via a job lot of watches that was from an estate sale and sent to him in a tesco's carrier bag amazing (laughs) that's the thing i mean that doesn't surprise me that it was in that context because i was going to say that um unless you're buying like a minter when it comes to vintage watches like this in my own experience i've often found that you sometimes end up buying two or three to make one Mm. good one yeah just just for parts and yeah quite a daunting thing in itself because every time you buy one you think like is this the good one yeah or is this the one that's going (laughs) to end up in pieces on my workbench yeah i mean i was lucky that one it was um like i said i I spoke to the previous owner and he actually stipulated quite a few things um he vetted me good boys about buying it off him genuinely and uh the story goes like i said it came in this carrier bag of of watches to this watchmaker who was his friend and Mm -hmm. he just was like his he actually you're like this guy he collects bellmatics and he was then given the 7005 with a bellmatic because that's what he paid for but the watchmaker didn't know what it was, but kind of went, well, it looks military. You're into history. I'll throw it in. And because oh, he cool. studied 
what Mac Sog was and all that kind of stuff and all this kind of stuff came out, you know, this is back in 2016, you know. So yeah, really fortunate. But yeah, no, all around cool watches. I think Presidious offer really good field watches in general. So I think we like that that choice because it's clearly sent us on a tangent. Yeah. But um that was my yeah, show. that was my uh my lowest spend too. That yeah. was my lowest spend at three hundred dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. But one of the most interesting to uh to kind of G-thrills, thrills, that's what it. I like to call that. Mm, yeah. sure. I like that it says rec spec on it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the name was cool. The co- they have some cool colorways. It's just yeah, great, great field watch vibes. Strong. Right, moving what on. Shall we from, go next? Str- moving on from strong field watch vibes, we're moving into aquatic adventures and gonna go with divers. So I'm gonna start it off and enter. Elliot Brown. Um, I won't lie to you guys. I struggled to find an Elliot Brown that I haven't owned. Um, <laughs> uh, I imagine you and Joe have the same problem. Somewhat. It's it's not a problem. It's an addiction. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I went for the Blocksworth Heritage Three Hand Diver. Uh, it comes Great in at four hundred and ninety five. And I went with uh, all black. It's a great choice. Mm-hmm. I think uh, mm-hmm. all black is in black case as well. Um, DLC, yes, DLC. Because I wanted Holton vibes. Yeah. Without owning a Holton, right? Now I've handled these things a lot. Um, the other one I could have considered, and I also like it is the heritage the one with the slightly patinaed and it comes on the leather with deployment but Mm -hmm. i was thinking you know what it's a diver i need it to come on that epic elliot brown uh deployant rubber um strap which yeah um, i have on my yeah i have it on my um canford at the moment in orange um, nice. I, won't lie, I won't lie to you I know it comes on all black but because as I stated at the beginning of this episode I've got a massive underspend of about three and a half grand I would clearly buy the orange deployment and have that as an option on there as well I like yeah. it I think it's a good watch I think that out of the men's lineup that mm. Elliot Brown offer it's probably the least popular but not for any good reason I'd mm. say to most kind of overlooked um, it was only this week, really, that I kind of uh, realized that looking at it kind of straight on, it's got like a rounded um, top to the crown, yeah. which is, is quite unique across, you know, we know their watches and, and the crowns can be quite mm. similar. Most of them are knurled. Uh, this doesn't have flat, yeah. crowns. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're cut off flat and the way they sign them. So I thought it was quite cool. But I suppose at the same time, when you look at it in, it, you know, this, we, we've got some images up here. You're looking at the side profile, you're looking at the case back. It's it's familiar. It's what we know. So in in many yeah. ways, it's it's a pure version of you know the the usual formula, but just kind of stripped down to three yeah. hands and that case shape that we that we're very familiar with with the Canford and the Helton. And and what I like you know about that it looks, is that it um... la- it launched the Tropic straps. Right. Oh, nice. So That's when cool. when they released the three hand diver, um, and. Elliot Brown, I know you occasionally listen to the podcast, so if I've got it wrong from my memory, please 
uh, chastise me next time I drop down, but um, the um, Tropic deployments were launched with the Blocksworth 3 hand divers. Um, again, even the detail inside the strap, you've got the ropes on the back as air vents, you know, that was taken from inspiration of the lake yard and all the rigging lines you see on the, on the sailboats around there, which is just a nice touch. Um, and then you've got the cross hatching around the shield, uh, which is actually taken from the center of um, the EV shield. Mm-hmm. You know, that case looks exactly like um, the Beachmaster mm-hmm. uh, Blackout, mm-hmm. but without the top crown, like yep. almost like identical to it. Oh, and it's signed too on the round crown. That's cool. Oh, it's signed, yeah. Um, I believe there is, pro- you know, um, Justin, you're probably not far wrong, mate. I believe it's both. Because that's I 40 believe it's mils, 41. Right? I believe it's 41 mils, the same as the yeah. Beachmaster. I th- yeah, I would be willing to bet it's similar, at least. Mm. Very close. It looks like it would wear almost identically. Because yeah. I, I have my Beachmaster Blackout set up on mm-hmm. the same Tropic straps right now. And it, it almost looks like we're looking at the back of that watch, but it's missing a crown. So yeah. it's like it's almost weird to look at. Like that yeah. side view one. Yeah, yeah I would like exactly to. Like it. It's cool. I'd like it in an auto, um, yeah. zero quartz height. Um, you know, I've got plenty of them, but I think that it would really benefit from a nice yeah. no day. Heck yeah, it's a leader or something. Yeah, something really, you know, with really tight specs. Uh, one single crown position. I think mm. it would. It, it would. It could be an everyday watch for me. Yeah, yeah. it bring yeah. it bring it up a bit and maybe increase its popularity. Like I said, I, I do know somebody who's got one and he loves it. Um. Oh man, I've never yeah. seen that one. Sorry, the, the stainless yeah, yeah. steel buckle on that black strap. I've never seen that. Oh yeah, it's cool. No, really, really cool. I, I also like the the dial and how it's constructed. You know, it's a two piece dial, so you have got the outer bit and then you have got the inner right. bit, and it's like you know, just like the way the it comes in, the way it comes in, it's it you know obviously effectively i guess clicks together for want of a better expression but then mm-hmm. you've got the different finishes you know what i mean a bit like you like you said with the beach mask with that center with the waves you know you've mm-hmm. got hash markings and 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 it's just you know it's a subtle attention to detail isn't it which obviously elliot brown are um you know again we can speak like wax lyrical for, you, for probably years about elliot brown <laughs> but you know again you know just really cool and um you know the other thing as well you know if people are concerned about you know its durability compared to the Holton, maybe, you know, um, just so you're aware, they strapped one of these to one of the oars on one of the Atlantic crossings and it stayed on the oar for the entire time. You know what I mean? And, you know, that was like 35 days at sea. You know, it's the same it, DNA. Yeah. And it's the yeah. Same when suspension. I think Elliot Brown, I don't ever think about worrying about my watch. No. Like <laughs> none of them. I own, what, four or five different models. And every single one I know I can put on and I've doinked them off of steel pipes out here when I'm working cows and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just broke my watch and I lift my arm up and there's not even a mark. Mm. I'm like, dude, this thing's a tank. Is there there only chunks of the pipe missing, mate? Usually there's like a rust, like a piece of the pipe on the watch that falls (laughs) off when I flip my wrist over or I wipe it off and there's not even a scratch. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Win. And it's also got a ceramic bezel, which even though it's quite a 
I guess it's a, you know, traditional diver and design, a little bit more, I'd say, probably vintage you know, skin mm -hmm. divery, aesthetic, style-wise, you've got that modern material as well, you know what I mean, to bring it into the 21st century. Not that it doesn't need it, but you know what I mean? Like, I like the fact that they've they've differentiated it with with the ceramic. Well, how many watches do you know where the, the kind of pattern that's on the strap is carried through on the dial and on the case back? It's, it's that kind of attention yeah. to detail where some straps look like an afterthought mm -hmm. um you know for a certain watch whereas this one was definitely designed you know side by side yeah so there you go i Blade like to think guys i've started strong on the diver uh, yes joe um i won't lie to you mate no matter what you pull up um you're probably going to fail however you know you're more than welcome to attempt okay so <laughs> this one um i did have a couple of you know choices and i went back and forth a few things but i've settled on this one um and, and by no means is it a sell but i've gone for the current only available um from seiko marine master 300 strong it's the sla Love uh, it. strong that is a strong choice to be fair sla 021 j1 and mm -hmm. i am this could be just total internet rumor speak um so i'm i would love to be proved wrong on this it's allegedly going to be the last of its kind um because this is you know the monoblock case yes it loads in everything loads in from the front Good there's front, no yeah. case back um it's a i think if, if i'm not mistaken it's an eight beat movement um which is loosely related to a 9s it's not quite as decorated but it is essentially said to be a grand seiko movement they don't tend to kind of uh regulate them quite as as tight as a grand seiko because it ultimately is a tall watch mm. very big they're very thick, but also it's got that Seiko magic, so it's going to wear beautifully. Uh, you've got the ratcheting clasp with quite a lot of adjustment in that, mm. um, but it also looks great on on a strap as well. So that's uh, that's my choice for for diver. That is a strong diver. Has the the case back on it? If I believe if I remember correctly, they're kind of chamfered in at the edges, aren't they, as well, to give that to aid with that wrist like wearing wearability. Yes, they they literally. Yeah, it's classic Seiko, but you could sit and I could pull up the, the spec. I'm sure they're about 44 mil. Um, it just means nothing. I mean, the, the lug to lug is completely different, the way it curves. Yeah. And again... Yeah, it's Seiko magic. Exactly. The 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 way they've taken away... So on the underside, they've kind of chamfered, yeah. like you say, the sides of the case so that as your wrist is kind of bending upwards with your, you know, your hand kind of bending upwards... You, you're not feeling that that restriction that you might normally yeah. with another watch where it starts kind of digging in. That's solid, to be fair. Like, strong, a strong choice. Strong very, choice. very strong choice. You know, this um, this just gives me the kinetic vibes mm -hmm. when I look at it. You know, just that chonky, just mm -hmm. chonky, futuristic, mm -hmm. samurai-esque, you know, just that same vibe. It's just missing the extra knob, the extra crown on there, and... <laughs> kinetic but very good choice question i've got for you and i know this is a bit of a tangent again but in real life would you uh would you have that over a show then um that is a good question i if it was a choice between a shogun and that i would take the shogun you know i would mm. but i think that they do share a different kind of niche mm. i mean this one i believe is steel and they have done them in titanium before mm. uh mm. but it as a steel watch, I believe it. It's a, a you know like having a brick on your wrist, but um, they they do <laughs> it's, it's share doubles up yeah. as a dive 
Stop yeah. um, waiting. Knuckle duster, yeah. <laughs> um, strangling that, that little watch pillow right there in that picture, dude. He's killing it. You see it on that watch. <laughs> it's just it strangling it to death. <laughs> You've got to commit to one, but then, you know, it is only like in the last kind of year or so that I've joined some groups on Facebook that are for all kinds of watches, um, not just Seiko's kind of tried to unpigeonhole myself. Mm. And they, a lot of them are people who've got Submariners, Seamasters, and I'm finding in a lot of cases that they've also got one of these and so many people, or they've posted, you know, uh, two photos like a Seamaster and, and this or a Submariner and this or a Tudor and this, and every single time, this is just getting high praise and people saying, you know, this is the one that I wouldn't sell. This is the one that doesn't doesn't matter if they double in value, um, which interestingly is currently two thousand eight hundred and twenty. Just so you know, um, so it's, it's a strong amount of watch. money. Yeah, it's a strong amount of money on a diver, isn't it? Especially yeah, buddy, you know, it's a Seiko. It's uh, not a grand Seiko. He had one on this morning in uh, a group chat, and what's funny is you you just said that, and he he owns a Rolex Submariner Hulk. And he was mm-hmm. wearing uh, this this morning, and it was in his like, I think he's consolidated down to like four or five watches, mm-hmm. and he owns a sub in this, and this thing's getting wrist time, so it must be good. I think the other thing about it, which I think is cool, is the fact it's not your typical turtle. Everyone thinks diving, no. they go they go turtle, don't they? Yeah, yeah. That is, you know, it's turtle or Arnie, depending on what you are, right? If you're Annie Digi, or if you're yeah, and I just mm-hmm. think. That just sits ever so differently. Did they ever do um? And again, this is a bit of a, just a question now. Is it? Did they ever do like the collab versions? You know, like they do the paddy dials and stuff like that for this, or is this just? I don't believe there are any paddies. Yeah, um, yeah, are... yeah, that one just has the what the the X prospects. Prospects. Yeah, prospects. that was quite divisive because this is the original, uh, yeah. which used the same Marine Master on the dial. Now, yeah, that's there's quite a few, yeah. uh, the Zimbi, or if I'm saying that right, Zimbi, um, limited editions mm. have been quite popular. There's one that's really cool that's got like a dolphin skin texture on the dial, um, which is really, mm. really quite nice. And, you know, some colors here and there. There's some with... with um, it's like a green, green one. Green dial, yeah, um, which is supposed to be like, uh, I think it's like algae or something like mm. that. So... There were some cool ones, but this is the last one, and, and I did have read in a few places that they're probably not going to do it again. The current kind of um, the, the, the glacier editions and things that they've just come out with have actually got traditional screw down case backs. Yeah, I was going to say they're not they're not marine master. They're not what they're not what makes a marine master a marine master with the monocoque case on it. Well, that's it. I mean, the original one, which was their, I think it was their second diver. I think it's the uh, six one five nine. I think. Um, again, that was, yeah, you know, a, a monoblock case as well. Um, and mm-hmm. you can see the DNA has been being carried through. Yeah, but it it definitely, if it is the last of its kind, then I don't know where it's down to the complexity of putting it together or the complexity of servicing it because they can be a bit of a pain to get into if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, then uh, yeah, they've just kind of moved to the the kind of traditional mm-hmm. three piece case being you know crystal mid case case mm-hmm. back. So I think with monoblock cases, I spoke to Alex at EB just mm-hmm. talking in general, talk about that kind of stuff, and they said that you would have to you you basically break the the crown stem and then you put a little tube inside there, and then you basically compress air it and it blows the crystal off. Um, right, and that's how they get into them. Um, I've heard of that in uh, <laughs> brawn. 
Braun watches. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think a friend of mine's got a Braun chronograph, and there's a, a port on the back yeah. that, that's got a screw, in, and you do. Uh, with these, you pop the bezel, and uh, it's the same with the tuner as well. You pop the bezel, and it's got like a, essentially a screwed-on retaining ring mm. that has notches in exactly like a case back, and you can actually open it with a, a case back tool. Mm. Um, like a pry, pry it off. Yeah, basically, yeah. So it, it's yeah, almost like a case back that goes around the crystal. But yeah. it's one of the reasons why they were so waterproof so early on, even the six one five nine, because um they use the l-shaped gasket i'm going to really bore you both now these like the l-shaped gaskets where as the pressure hit the crystal it compressed the the gasket basically whereas you know other watches the the construction wasn't the same so it essentially as long as everything was working as it should it got more waterproof the further down yeah um, it works like a compression it's like it's a super compressor yeah case back exactly exactly that's cool cool strong Justin, you're gonna have to bring out a strong diver now, mate. Bro, I, I'm I'm hitting a grand slam right here with this one. Okay. I chose okay. the Doxa Sub 1500T in Aquamarine, of course, because I have a Sub 300 in Aquamarine. So why not? Wow! Look at this beast. Strong. Look at this beast. That's strong. That is Woo. strong. AJ, be pleased no. with you. AJ, I do not believe I don't believe these are cost uh certified like the sub 300s are I believe these are more like their uh yeah because it's a T so this is going to be their tool watch so not cost certified but it's still going to have probably the same exact movement just without the piece of paper yeah and they do some (laughs) cool limited stuff like that uh it's got their super chunky grippy um bezels bezel on them really a lot more aggressive than yeah it's almost like a saw blade if it you is will a saw um, blade yeah the sub Great. 300s aren't that that's kind of the main differences between them and then that has uh some drilled lugs which the 300s do not different bracelet as well more of a a jubilee mm-hmm. than a beads of rice but mm-hmm. yeah I like it. It's big. It's almost um, aesthetically like when I was talking about the that Nomos that I chose. Just the dial on those are way larger. Yeah, it's a huge watch. It's the three hundreds are forty two with the crown, I believe, and these are forty five. So a lot bigger watch. Wait, but I asked for a dive watch, look. not a dive belt. <laughs> Yeah, I know we have small wrists, but you got, I was like in my head, dude, like AJ's always talking about wearing a wetsuit and a giant set mm. of gloves. And I was like, you can't have a, a normal size watch when you're wearing all this clothing and stuff. So I had to go with the the easy to yeah. <laughs> easy to read uh, watch. It's the easy reader of divers. Do the um, bracelets have dive extension in them? Do they have extensions? Uh, yeah, in the clasp. Yeah, I think it's the same uh, as the Doxa Army style, where it, um, where it has, uh, I think it's five or six yeah. on the back button, and then it has on the opposite side like one or two pinholes or something like that. Strong, but they're big watches. That's that not a bad. Forty-seven, forty-seven mil. Um, I think you can you can tell by looking at it um, in the photos that it it's fairly stubby, uh, mm. not in a bad yeah, way. Yeah, short. So it probably yeah. will wear. Um, a little bit smaller than it might suggest, uh, but I'll just try and get up. <laughs> Scroll back down real quick. <laughs> oh man, 
the dude with the suit. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Where's it? Yeah. Again, a button down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, that's, that's not the that's not the attire that you would dive in it, but it's. Uh... <laughs> My goodness! Just... I think that cashmere would shrink if you if you you dive wearing a like, it's not, sweater and a, and all, and well, a I mean, it's not going to fit under the cuff of that shirt, is it? <laughs> no, it, no, it no way, no. But I mean, I'll just try and get up the clasp here. So yeah, there um, you go. I'm not sure if it's using that kind, of, which you've got some experience with the the yeah. The, so the rubber clasps are those. Uh, it's the same exact as the Doxa Armies. Yeah, that's the Doxa Army clasp, and it has the the button um, adjust where it slides in and out, and it's not locking. It's like the new EB style where you can press it to fit. Yeah. You can like open it up to fit your hand through it, which is what I have to do because I have large hands but small wrists, so mm -hmm. I have to crack mine all the way open, slide it over my hand, and then I you know close it and then kind of tighten it shut you know yeah. push it together if you will until it's tight because mm -hmm. right now it's freezing cold out so mine is like all the way tightened but sometimes i gotta pop it they're really um probably one of the nicer class i'll put it right there with with the eb class just different material mm -hmm. different kind of shape it's more of a square like the gen one eb uh yeah. bracelets yeah it's very similar to that um nice. yeah what was about about two and a half grand by the looks of it yeah, I had mine listed at twenty three ninety. So okay. yeah, right there. It's a strong awesome. amount. Yeah, and and also the popper color is fun, isn't it? You know. Yeah, I love the aquamarine. It's mm. it's a fun color. I always get a lot of uh, a lot of praise anywhere I post that thing. Mm. You know, that's one of the comments that I usually will get from two or three different people. Is I love this color. You mm. know, sometimes sometimes I get somebody who will pipe in and tell me what color they like, which I also enjoy. But the, the aquamarine is definitely one of my favorites between that and the black mm. but yeah I think the shark the, the shark hunters are the black ones well. aren't they is it yeah. shark shark hunter shark hunter sea ram yeah sea ram sea pearl yeah Strong. something to be something to be said for like a high spec dive watch with some really nice details quite aggressive bezel but then mm. a really fun color um, I, I think that's definitely the way to do it I mean, I say this as someone who's got like a, a whole box full of black guy watches. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I like it. You know, I, I think it's it, it's a bit of a flex in a good way that you know you, you're going to get a color that you might find on a Swatch or a, or a Casio on something that is you know a proper serious tool, watch. Yeah, yeah with yeah. heritage. Yeah, Jacques Cousteau kind of. I feel like he cemented that with his little touch of color he had in life. You know, with his little red beanie. Yeah, you know, like AJ wears the red beanie too to like keep that that uh traditional that honor going. I think, but it's cool. Yeah, Zoxy's got great history. They're a great brand. So like, you know, if I'm building this five watch collection with 15k, and this is gonna be the only dive watch I'm gonna wear, I think this this would be it. The, my only complaint I would say is if if you you pick bracelet right, those yep. those rubber straps that we're looking at right now, mm -hmm. super cool but not 500 to 600 usd cool i don't Wrong. i don't i don't think that cool i think that's a little pricey for a rubber strap that's but... uh that's a strong amount of money yeah. to spend on a strap and we've had yeah. discussions before on yeah straps and what you should kind of spend and what is it deemed as it, percentage wise yeah, yeah. percentage wise is acceptable and that is far and away that's at above... 20 what 25 percent yeah, maybe thirty percent of of the watch price. That's mm. yeah, that's steep for sure. That's, for something um, that's rubber. 
that's up there with the three figure NATO for me for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's a hard pill to swallow. Absolutely, definitely. But uh, no, strong choice to finish off the strong choice to finish off the dive in uh, the dive in section. Uh, moving on to my f- possibly my favorite, possibly my favorite category of watch at the moment. Uh, definitely my favorite complication anyway. Uh, GMT and travel watches. So I've gone strong and I te- I guess I've kind of fucked myself a little bit because I realized just now when looking at it that it is limited, but it was a large limited. So it's That's okay. Large. Mine was limited too because I did the same thing. Nice. Uh, yeah, we, we can bend that now. Fuck it. I mean, um, <laughs> but no. it's available. It's available. It's available. It's available. Right that was now. the point, right? So uh, yeah. I went for the Seiko SPB. Four one one, the price navigator. Don't Seiko in there. Beautiful. Uh, coming in currently at fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred uh Great British pounds. Um, I love the bracelet on these. Yeah, what's not to like, guys? So a bit vintage vibes. I like to think it's a classic design. Um, I'm getting that sunburst grey anthracite dial that I really liked. We spoke when we went down the Presidious uh, MacV Sog side note earlier. Um, Just an all-round cool watch, right? You know, the pop of red on the GMT. Um, I just think they're really cool. Genuinely really cool. Agreed. The, you know, want of expression, the uh, originals are really hard to come by. Um, not seen a lot of reviews on it since it's come out. Um, however, um, the reviews I have seen have all been really positive. Do I like it enough in real life if you turn around to me and when is fifteen hundred quid go buy it? I don't know. I don't want to see, but obviously in this scenario, yeah, fuck right. I'm gonna spend ten percent of my uh, fifteen grand on on one of these. I just think it's a really cool. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, bad at all. Yeah, watch. like in the in the scheme of the game. Yeah, and I think you know, going off my experience with Seiko's reissue with the fifty fifth anniversary Seiko five, you know, they paid such an attention to detail with that reissue as well, and that was obviously you know at a fifth of the price or whatever it was, you know. Um, <laughs> And they did really well with it. I like to think that they've given this same amount of detail, attention to detail on this as well. You know, they could have put a Prospect logo on it and that would have just made it look shit. They didn't. And obviously really grateful for that. Um, I just think it looks really cool. I'd uh, be interested to know how what the bracelet is like. Is it as angular, you know, in its aesthetic as it looks in some of the product photos? You know, I don't know, but... I just think it looks really cool, you know. It's definitely yeah. one of the more unique GMT available at the moment, you know. Um, so I yeah. dig it. Yeah, you sent me um, you sent me the picture of it the day that Seiko mm. dropped that photograph, and then I think we had a phone call for an hour or so yeah. talking about it and uh, what we thought. And I I definitely have vibed with it since you sent me that picture. I think yeah. it's a really clean looking watch it looks like something i could wear every day and it's 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 not like you know as bland as some people might say it is because of the gray kind of blends in with the with the stainless bezel and stuff but Mm -hmm. i think it's like a a good aesthetic i think it's all just a really good the finishing on it is probably what does it for me i think the way the light hits it it just all looks like it comes together nicely it's not overly shiny like you might 
would expect something like that because all these different pictures we can see mm. different lights hitting it. it looks good bracelet and I think looks nice and thin too it does and I think the other thing with it was why I went for this over the Seiko 5 GMT if you want to pull one of those up Joe um, but it's the way I looked at it was travel watches I'm traveling with just one watch you know yeah. what I mean you can dress that yeah. up I think you can dress that up a lot better and it's still inconspicuous enough that if you travel to a potential, you know, slightly less permissive environment, depending on where mm -hmm. you're going on holiday or with work or whatever, I just don't think you would necessarily be targeted for it. Because I think as even though the Seiko 5 version, you know, running the same movement, the Seiko 5, I think they're just a little bit more in your face, even though they're obviously yeah. um, a price point down. If you wear that blue one, I think you are more noticeable. Um, yeah, and the I other kind one's of definitely more. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of like going at this idea with Seiko or travel watch, traveling, and you're only taking one watch. You know, you're not taking like you know as watch nerds that we are. You know, cases. You're just going with one. So that's kind of how it's I'm, under the radar. Yeah, or at least a little bit more under the radar, I think, than a bright orange one or the, maybe the blue sunburst of the Seiko Five. Absolutely, um, I like it. I think it's good. I think that. I'd like to sample the bracelet in hand to see mm -hmm. if it, it was yeah. solid and, and tight between the links. Um, the kind of real nerd in me um, is a bit concerned about the price versus the movement yeah. simply because so the Seiko 5 GMT, the SSK, is running on the 4R34, which mm -hmm. a lot of stuff is running on now. Um, the one that we're talking about, the SPB411, I believe is running on, I think um don't quote me but it's definitely a 6r i think it's 6r54 so mm. it it is an upgrade but in general it's very similar um so yeah. it, it normally it will carry a slightly longer power reserve and a slightly better um hairspring yeah but i think that for as you said was it about 1500 it should i would actually be happier if they charged a little bit more and put um, like mm. an ATL kind of, you know, the whatever they call them, you know, the kind of off the shelf, the dressed up ones. Yeah, like the off the GS kind of line normally. Yeah. Um, so you get them in some. I mean, they launched it alongside this SLA 071, which is uh, a well, a Landmaster really, and that yeah. does have, a, I think, an ATL or a six L in it. Um, now that is two two and a half grand, but mm. then mm. it is a higher spec movement and it is an eight beat movement as well. So. I think that there's a kind of middle ground here where maybe it's just just me, but I feel like six R stuff should hover around, you know, just under a thousand, just over a thousand. Yeah. And with this being fifteen hundred, to me, it seems like it's going to be a better bargain on the used market. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, a lot of people aren't paying retail for this kind of level of watch. I know that from the Shoguns, like the mm. the RRP and the Shogun is like twelve hundred, and pe many people were getting them on Black Friday for seven eight hundred sometimes less so potentially wish, good deals i wish it was released at 800 yeah what yeah, is that, that listed for sorry in terms of so what the list one's price 1500, is 1500 yeah so like you know i mean we had this discussion before it launched because obviously you know the joy of you know seiko leaks you know leaked that it was happening and we all had that discussion didn't we and we were all saying that if it came in at underground it would have been something that i'd have just rang the seiko boutique in in, in london and just gone, yeah save it and i'll be there i think that the the hype's died down and i do believe it is because of 
the price uh yeah. the, the week it came out they sent a few out to you know the, the usual suspects so it was on youtube it was on um you know the blog one and one other things like that mm. and normally that will then you know there's a few people that we follow that you know will pick up that kind of thing when it's new they tend to pick mm. up most of the new releases and i haven't seen those kind of I've... people I've hardly up. seen them. Yeah, I've hardly seen them. The like you said, the usual suspects where I thought they would have spoken about it haven't really mm-hmm. spoken about it. Um, I went to I went to a event in London. It was oh Watch Pro, mm-hmm. the Seiko were there, um, and they had one in the case, but they weren't taking it out, which is right. fine. You know, that's just how they were doing it. You know, for that event, but. It was one of those where you sit there and kind of get, I'm so close to being able to try this on. Yeah, I've come here. One, yeah. yeah, like I've come here to see this watch as well as one of the things I wanted to see. And, you know, you can't put it on was a little bit disheartening, really, because you sit there and kind of go, yeah, I know I could just go a couple of tube stations down and go to the boutique, but I've come to a watch show for the reason. You know what I mean? And I think, like I said, it's just I'm surprised I've not seen more about them, to be honest. Yeah. I mean that that right there. This is what I was asking a second ago. I was I was asking what this listing was because he was covering over this picture from this Reddit post. Yeah, yeah. Because I was curious what they were selling for secondhand, and he's got it listed for what was it nine seventy five? Yeah, that's uh, in my head. I was thinking about eight hundred pounds. Yeah, and I'm sure that's the best offer. You know, you probably offer the student eight eight fifty, and then cover shipping. You know, shipping probably be another yeah, fifteen yeah. twenty bucks depending on where he's at, but. It's yeah. a good buy, but they, you know you've got to look at. They are bringing out other models with mm. with uh, GMT constantly com- yeah. complications now, and those um I think they're uh, Marine Master two hundred um three days that that are out. They're a similar price, and obviously they're a completely different style. Mm. So if they don't suit you, they don't. But in terms of just pure hardware and uh, you know just extra details, I think that you're getting a bit more for your money, but obviously you've got to make your judgment on styling, of course, and, and mm. suitability because, you know, one's a dive What's the price difference? Um, that is a very good question. I will look that up now, but I do believe... Is it the same movement? Is that similar. what you're saying? Yes, that, that's essentially it, yeah. Mm. Um, same movement, you know, same amount of metal at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, similar, basically. So... I think that these Very. are a good buy, and these are basically the new, you know, the MM two hundred that they're mm. kind of pushing these now instead of the three hundred as well, and the fourteen hundred, and you're getting the three day movement, and just yeah, in in my personal opinion, obviously they're very different watches, but you're gonna get a lot more mm, for, that, for your money, that, and, and you, yeah, and you're spending a hundred pound less. Which, well, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But it's anyway. I like to think that it was a strong choice to start GMT travel with, and yeah. I also like to think it was slight. It was different enough to sit alongside the Farmer Rocher Well Timer for my field, so that's what I went with. So, uh, Good Joe, strong line. Joe, over to you, mate. Right. Well, you two have done me a dirty on the limited editions, so I'm going to quickly segue in the watch that I wanted to have. Okay. Quickly, uh, because. It Honorable the, mentions. Yes, the Longines uh, Zulu Time um, Hodinki edition. Now, this watch, you know, the Zulu Times never really crossed across mm. my radar. Um, and then I saw this one and I thought the steel bezel, which they don't do in this non-limited edition, really... It's like 11K. 
It's um yeah potentially yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so, Hidinki money yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, as soon as I knew I couldn't took it take it off of the um. And to be fa- to be fair, I I actually think that they're not eleven k. I'm gonna look it up now. But is, I think it, is it more like money four than, grand. is it more money than the Hadinki travel clock? <laughs> Nothing's more money than the Hadinki travel clock, Dan. <laughs> In fact, are you sure is are you sure that shouldn't have been the honourable mention? The Hadinki yeah. travel clock. We'll go down a whole rabbit hole with that one because I, I that think that's cheaper than I thought. Was that it up there that said twenty five hundred? Yeah, I think that's the like the, the non limited one. one. Oh yeah, they're not, they're, yeah, the non they're four grand, I think. And it's it's titanium. Um, which oh, is a, a really nice touch on the mm. Zulu time range. It's slightly it's more simple. modern. Yeah. So there's that. It's $3,800 for sale there. I really want to go with that one, but I didn't. I know um, I know this is your honourable mention, right? But I'm disappointed that Long Jeans didn't put their trademark eagle thing on it. I think they've tried to go modern with it, yeah. but I know exactly what you mean. That I Less think is more. Of, they're all heritage looking, aren't they? The Long yeah. So... I have gone, and this may or may not surprise you, uh, for a kind of similar style. Um, and almost when the Longine hit, a lot of people were talking about this watch. Go for the Black oh. Bay Pro because nice. I nice. think it, it really is the Tudor, apart from the Pelagos 39mm, which I really, really mm. like, but I didn't want to go for the diver category. This is probably the Tudor that I would have. This is another one, much like your Seiko 5, that got quite a lot of hype when it got launched yeah. and and I've barely seen any of them. Well, what's no. really what's really funny is uh I know we were talking obviously we've been talking on our little group chat thing about our lineup and gen general watch stuff um as mm-hmm. per but it's funny because um in the week of that launch not only were they available to buy you know because obviously Tudor just roll them out but um mm-hmm. uh a previous contact in the uh watch fan because uh, mm-hmm. it's no longer a contact for whatever reason. No idea what's happening there. But he um he picked us up second hand. Right. In the same week. So you just sit there and kind of go like you said, you people know, people yeah, it's wild, isn't it? You know what I mean? Print, yeah. And then they weren't hard and he picked it up like and I think he got a nice a bit of a nice discount actually. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Really, considering, you know, Maybe I think a hundred, couple hundred quid. You know, not a lot in grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, but you know, yeah. it's still enough, isn't it? You know, um, I think they're quite cool. I I actually held his one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the applied loom on it. I think that yeah. adds depth to the dial. I think if it was a pure flat, you know, dial it, it, and it just applied, you know, and sorry, just painted markers for want of expression, I yeah. just think it would just look a little bit eh. Yeah, you know, I know what but, you mean. But with the added depth of actually applied indices, I think that's adds for it to stand out across the Black Bay line. Um, it's got the um, T-Fit clasp, which I think was the first application mm-hmm. of it. And it, it's wasn't, the P- wasn't the T-Fit was that's the first. I'm sure that's the first T-Fit clasp in steel because I'm sure the T-Fit was first in the bronze, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and then um, it's also got the. Um, like bb58 case mm. as well yeah. so it's you know the the black bay gmt is is a big big old watch for a lot of people mm. because it's quite thick too this has had a bit of memeing um about its thickness but you know automatic gmts can often go that way especially when they've got 3d loom dials so i kind of understand and it's got that kind of box crystal yeah. so 
it, it's what I would expect. Is that fixed bezel? It is fixed bezel. It's that mm. classic, uh, like the original Explorer Yeah, Explorer two. twos and stuff. Yeah, and the same font as well that they How used do to you have. how do you feel about the faux rivet? I like the faux rivets. We were talking about this um, in relation to um, like Smiths and 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 some other things, weren't we? And yeah, I like them. They are divisive. The main thing that they can be sometimes a little bit spiky when you're wearing them. Um, you know, they can dig into your wrist sometimes, but I actually like the look of them. But I know that, that they do cause a lot of debate on the old uh, watch fam mm. Facebook groups and things like that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of them. Yeah, the neck beards. Yeah, some of us have got full face beards, but mm. <laughs> I mean, I like it. That's a strong, strong, strong. Choice. I mean, I, I think I think there's no denying it. You know, I think Tudor offer a lot of value if you're in the realm of three and a half grand uh, for yeah. anything. You know, and that's what you want to buy. And you know, I think they offer a lot of value. I think they're great watches. I think you're right. I think with the Black Bay cases, traditionally they're quite tall, aren't they? They're quite slab sided. Yes. Uh, and that kind of turned me off a GMT when they were first released. I mean, other than obviously all the movement issues that they had in the first couple of years. But, you know, <laughs> before that came around, they yet yeah, physically trying on the slab case side of it was actually, you know, very noticeable. Um, but again, going back to reissues in general, as it were, or, you know, continuations, reinterpretations, I think, um, you know, the rivets, add that aesthetic but then also i just think that actually they're done very accurately you know what i mean and but still with modern tudor flair mm -hmm. you know and I, i'll say that about the 58 i'll say that about the 54 i think they're some of the nicest watches of in that price category uh and if you want to go swiss i think they're they're great the female yeah, enlix are think... definitely helping it yes yeah because it'll drop won't it yeah. you know yeah drop on the on the wrist a lot better i actually think i prefer it on a strap you know i don't actually think the bracelet does I think it looks good on leather i think it looks good on yeah. nato it looks good it's clean i think tudor offers a lot in terms of modern manufacturing and they seem to just continue to dump loads of money back into their manufacturing yeah. and making it even more modern and and yeah. uh you know, just doing crazy stuff. Well, they um, are. They are. They're, they're well and truly independent now from Rolex, really, aren't they? You know what I mean? Right. From, yeah. From the videos of their, you know, of their manufacturings. You know, it's in insane. Yeah. It's insane. Um, I will say, Joe, another benefit you've got with this um Black Bay Pro is because it's got a fixed bezel, you won't have bezel alignment issues because obviously we've had <laughs> some Hopefully. horror stories on uh, recent bezels saying that you can be half a mil out and that is with, fully within tolerance for a three and a half grand Ivan's watch, but I personally would be a Rip. bit fucked off with that. Hey, Tudor's the Seiko of uh, Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Great choice. It's, I've seen some, some horror stories myself, but yeah, I think it's cool and it, it is almost like the like I said I haven't seen many of them around. It's it's got the tool vibe. You're not mm. buying it because of the hype. You're not buying it because somebody said the bezel action is nice because it's got no bezel action. Yeah. Um, it's simple. I assume it's got a jump in our hand. Um, yeah, I believe always, it's always nice. I believe it's yeah uh, true GMT. Yeah. yeah. Um, Travel. Yeah, you know, and and like you said, that I guess that's in keeping with what it's trying to. Um, what's the word? um in in body isn't it you know it's embodying yeah. this no nonsense tool vibe um which is and has an air of luxury which i guess is really where rolex started with these original designs and you can see mm -hmm. where the, that design feeds into the black bay pro with the original explorer too 
You got some big, you got some big watch shoes to fill, Justin, mate, with your uh, GMT watch. You got to come out strong. I've got a game. very, very cool one. And like I said earlier, I completely biffed it with the no LEs, but it is available for purchase um, right now. So my GMT choice was the Gima Navy Graph Marine National GMT. Interesting. I've not seen this one. I've seen the Yima or Yama uh marine national a, a previous colleague of mine um and a unself-confessed watch nerd bought himself the marine national when it first came out nice and i say when i mean unself-confessed watch nerd is that he is a watch nerd but he just doesn't want to admit it <laughs> which one justin which uh which colorway because I'm, I'm seeing the this all blue one right there. here is the, That's is the nice. one that i had pulled up yeah that was the one that just snapped me the white against the blue mm. The red, the red, the red pops as well. Yeah, the red, the red stands out extremely well. So it's a very easily readable watch. It, uh, the lugs look like they're so far together compared to the dimensions, the ratio of the case and the bezel and everything. It looks like it's, it would be just a joy to wear. I think it's 20 mil lugs, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, H-Link as well. Yeah. This is, is this obviously, I know. Yema, Yema have that link with Marine National and they're like the official watch of Marine National, as it were. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. Tudor may, may have something to say about that, but, you know, they at least gained that uh, contract, for want of better expression, you yeah, know, the for a French, while. So at, it, at, it and, makes at, sense. You know, and at that price point. Um, but I'm seeing two versions here. So obviously the Marine National one's full blue bezel with a red GMT. That one's, I guess, is just the right. That's just this. Okay, yeah, I haven't. Oh, seen, they're both. I didn't even see this okay. one either. But it could yeah, be a I Gen one, both. Gen two scenario. Okay, so yeah, I guess I saw the new, the newest one, which is that one, mm -hmm. which popped up. Uh, I think I went straight direct to their website too. I mean, but... do you, either of you know anyone with a Yima watch? Well, like I said, that I know. Yeah, yeah, I know one person that has the uh, one of the I think pilot's graphs because mm -hmm. I really and... like them, but. You just don't see them around. And no. this week I saw one that was like a uh, limited edition for the Japan market only. And yeah. that kind of, I find it quite curious, like maybe generally for a brand to do something like that, they've obviously got a fairly good market yeah. there. And and it just made yeah. me think like, is that where they're all getting sold? Um, Giving us down to the size though. You know what I mean? And like, could be, yeah. You know what I mean, like, look yeah. at their size; it's slightly smaller. And you think mm -hmm. about the the ethnicity and the demographics over there, smaller, smaller wrist sizes or mortal. Have sizes. you seen their speed graph? Um, yes, it's a, a a strong strong choice as well on the old uh, the chronos, aren't they? Yeah, very 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 good looking watch. That that's one that has been like kind of hitting me. That and the Tudor um, Black Bay Chrono. Mm -hmm. Are these your like honorable mentions for chronos? Just, so clean this i know this i was just talking yeah, talking yeah. yima and like <laughs> just speaking about yima watches that i that like talking about not seeing them this is like one of their cleanest watches and i've not seen anybody with it but that's yeah. one that has like hit my feed on an advert i think because yeah. i follow them but, but they uh, do yeah rally graph is the one that, yeah uh, that's their mecha quartz version yeah and it's got the it's old like uh, square 300 kind of... yeah i remember seeing those it's crazy cheap, like for, for what it is. And yeah, I mean, they remind they, me of the Limas as well. Here's where I've, I'm going to always segue connections to one of our podcasts, but um, Seiko used to own them. 
um for a little bit. I don't know if you know that, but in Yima? the 90s, yeah, and you could no, get you could actually get a Yima kinetic watch. No way. And it is, you know, it's the same that... like it's got, oh that is cool. You know, it's got the button for the power reserve. Oh, that's cool. As we've seen many times on Wow. So they're quite rare. Um, there's a few people on on Insta. Is it a sea spider or something like that they call it? But yeah. So in the nineties. 19th... Oh man, that reminds me of the old school Breitling bezels. Yeah. Yes. Yep. They're kind of rounded. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they were doing much with the brand. They just kind of brought out these random. Oh, that orange one's quite crazy. strange now. You know, they're they're very they're very, very of their time, aren't they? Yeah. They look like stainless steel G shocks. Yeah. Uh, I I'll take that point, but yeah, it also looks like that that, that that bracelet looks like. Do you remember the? Is it tag is it, link? Tag link, yeah. That's what uh, Ross Geller had on Friends. Citizen made some bracelets like that too for some like cheap buy in the clothing store watches. Like the, some of their dress watches had those weird, weird bracelets like that, odd shapes. <laughs> well, you know, Joe, Does he Joe wear Biden, one? Yeah, yeah. He, Joe Biden's watch is fa- famously oh wears like the most 90s Seiko you've ever seen uh, but he, he's worn it for years but it, it is um, it's a very Joe Biden kind of watch I would say I mean he probably can't tell the time on it man it's probably not had a battery change true. since he bought it <laughs> it's one of those sample <laughs> ones where it hasn't yeah. actually got a movement in it, it just, the hands are just stuck to the dial yeah, and he's yeah. happy no that's a cool choice I, uh, I think you've done well there and Again, uh, you've really caught us off guard this evening. Mm. Your, uh, yeah, he's pulled it out. Pulled it out. Sure. Yeah, they're like, I don't know, they're like you said, they're not an extremely um, popular brand from what we can tell online, but it's definitely been one of those. And I don't know if they're on the micro brand uh, list or if they're out of that category or not, but they're definitely one that keeps popping up. They kind of have come on and off of my list mm. of watches that, you know, future watches anyways, but. I think maybe sometime in the future. A company I have not, you know, messed with at all. Oh, yeah. So, I remember seeing these being launched because they, they coloured the movements, didn't they? The base plates. They're doing their own movements now, and that, yeah. that's been their kind of big marketing push, I believe, over the last year I've or so. I've never seen those before. Yeah, I, I saw these when these were released, and I would turn around to you and say that these guys are not a micro brand and that they are an independent. Um, I think anyone doing yeah. in-house... Um, you know, there's whenever anyone ever says in house, there's always a debate around it. But I yeah. think that genuinely they are now actually manufacturing. And once wow, you hit, cool yeah, cross that level, then you're either past micro or you're, you know, artisan. Um, mm. Definitely not once say, you know, micro people are, are making their own their movements. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would so. always say that micro are people making them in your bedroom. Personally. Potentially, yeah, Potentially. yeah, or yeah, one oh, or two home. guys in, in a garage, yeah. yeah, you know, like, um, what's his name? Uh, and again, no disrespect to him because he also did a great podcast, but Cameron Vice Vice Watches, okay, yeah, um, I would say nice. he's micro, um, because like you said, he's making it all in his own little warehouse, you know, but using this is a few definitions is it, is it based yeah. on sales? Is it based on Mm. the number of people that work there i mean like how many people the work? number of watches produced yeah well, i think yeah. they do go off of how many people work there because if you go to what's the website that is it uh microbrandlist.com or something oh, like yeah. that it'll show you how many people are listed as employees with their with their company 
Because um, I, I think one time I got in a debate on Facebook on a micro brand Facebook group page because I posted a Doxa and they were like, Doxa is not a micro brand. I'm like, well, you know, you guys base this off of how many people work there. They have like 38 employees. Yeah. <laughs> they're not a giant company by any means. But yeah. yes, I get what you're saying. They're not on a scale of maybe watches mm-hmm. sold, you know. No, I That's, appreciate it. Uh, I mean, how many people work at EB, Dan, do you reckon now these? Off the top of my head, less eight, than 10. Maybe. Yeah, less than 10. So I, I would personally. and it I mean, I wish I was. I, I sometimes wish I was one of the 10, but, you know. I think maybe all three of us do. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, at yeah. some point, that would be a dream come true, right? <laughs> I mean, it might be Alex's it, worst nightmare, but yeah, <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd have a great time. <laughs> nothing would ever get done, but my God, there'd be some like strap changes. <laughs> Serious amount of strap have to changes. Lock us like... in our offices to keep us from bothering. Yeah, we, we we can be the uh, the uh, satellite station outside of Paul. But yeah, yeah the, that that's a cool model. watch though. That is a cool watch. The more I look at it, um, I think they've definitely clearly, like I said, if they're making their own movements, they've upped their game, haven't they, over the last couple of years? Uh, yeah, yeah. And Fran, I don't know. Uh, I feel like in the grand scheme of my watch collecting journey, certainly Swiss and Japanese are the biggest players in the market, you know. And then you start going down that list there, and uh, French watches just. There's a few, you know, Baltic, you had one on your mm-hmm. list, Yimba. Yeah. There's a few other ones. And then there's a lot of, like, smaller artisan where they do more dress watches and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And there's a lot of cool ones, but a lot of that stuff just never pops up. I never see it for whatever, you know, I'm not looking for it, I guess. But they're, they're certainly cool. I'd like to pick one up someday. But that was my my last one, and that put me uh, just at 14 and some change Strong. for my five collection. Strong. Um, it goes without saying that with your spare change, you can do with whatever you want. In Joe's case, he can buy McDonald's. In your case, you can buy a case for your watches. In my case, I can buy a case, some straps, and a holiday. Um, but I think, like you said, a really cool 15 kind of watch showdown. Not that it was like down to points or anything. It was just interesting to see what we all come up with with, with those rules. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. I think you know it'll be one that maybe we could do another one together uh again five watches maybe the same uh types of watches but maybe different constraints and i've kind of cooked up an yeah idea let's in my do head. a bigger budget one next time let's well, do like a uh like 50k or yeah or up it just by double or something you know each time yeah i mean I, as, I think another one as well like i was thinking it was um vintage watches so That'd be of, cool. a, of a period yeah. So between between a decade, a certain mm-hmm. decade, and we just do instead with no price point because obviously then we can just find watches historically and go right. Let's have a go and see what we bring to the table. Yeah. I think that will be the next version, and then uh, maybe after uh, watches and wonders and all that jazz uh, in March, we can go and do one from you know new releases as it were or something like that. Okay. Would we would we change our choices if? we could have our own watches as selections and i think the answer for all of us would potentially be yes um yeah. not for the whole all four you know all mm. five uh categories but i'd certainly there'd, there'd be at least one where i'd say no i would choose a watch that i already own yeah and um, so that that's a whole different kind of dynamic there so i enjoyed the constraint because it made me kind of think out the box but obviously it then makes mm-hmm. you think about um like we already said like 
you know, I'm wearing a Holton automatic today. That's a great, great choice for a diver. And we've all had or had, you know, currently got Holton. So that immediately ruled it out. Yeah. Well, no. yeah, I think we need to do do this. But um, instead of a building a five watch collection with some kind of, uh, you know, budget constraints or anything, we pick five watches because we all three own more than five watches. So. Yeah. What would we pick if we had to, you know, sell off all of our watches and only keep five? And it didn't need to be in any category. It could be five divers or whatever. But what would you pick? And why? I mean, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. But I've cool. also got another idea. We could do five watches from each other's collections. Yeah, choose from also each other's. Idea. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Right, guys. We'll, clearly, we'll have to let the listeners decide yeah. uh, for, for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Drop us a message uh, on any of our. Uh, obviously pages and let us know which one you'd rather well i say which one you'd rather we're clearly going to do a few of these episodes because i think it's just a cool topic to do going into 2024 but um let us know which one you'd want to hear first and then we me justin and joe will sit down and we will uh construct an episode uh gents before we move on to closing notes do you think there's anything else that we've missed was there any final honorable mentions uh that you wanted to put in there or and you couldn't yeah I had one. It was my uh, my diver. Mm-hmm. It was the that was I think the first one that I that I was like, oh, what would I pick if I had fifteen yeah. k? And the brand that came to mind first was Panerai. Yeah. So Panerai submersibles. I think they're super cool watches, but um, obviously with budget constraints, eleven thousand dollars on one of them would have made it extremely lopsided. So mm-hmm. I uh, opted to go higher on the Chrono, but they're very cool. Nice. I. Have I one. Uh, I had two honorable mentions. Uh, I almost t- uh, considered the Amiga Mars timer, the X33. For my nice. nice. Um, and then I almost considered a Tudor Black Bay 54 for my okay. diamond. Mm. Is that the 36 mil one? That's the tiny one, yeah. Yeah. 30, yeah, yeah I think it's like good. 37 mil case, but the dial's like, 34 mil and stuff like that it's it's very small i've tried one on and actually it's a very cool watch Um, again one that i see a lot but i'm actually surprised i don't see as often as i thought i would even though they're fairly common i still think i i still think i personally see more 58s knocking around uh social media i'd agree with that i I think think the the case is divisive right the size the, the the case size um it looks a little bit stubby i really like it but it looks a little bit stubby when lined up next to a 58 um the lugs and it doesn't have any color to it like it's slightly less it looks more like monochromatic than mm. 58 and then it kind of makes it in a way a bit more boring where the 58 like pops because they they've got like either it's the blue one or yeah. it's gilt yeah um, yeah both of which look really good mm. So yeah, those were my honourable mentions. Did you have any more honourable mentions, Joe? Or just one, um, and it was actually firmly in my diver choice, hmm. and I took it out because, um, it's a very quick small rant, but it was a marathon, um, GSR, Amphrasite. Okay, is the GSR on... the massive one? Was that the, the medium one? It's yeah. it's the medium. Um, yeah. so it's I think forty ish. Mm-hmm. Um. Absolutely love those watches. It was two thousand seven hundred for the Amphrasite, which is a lot more than the steel one, but um, perhaps they're coating it, you know, mm-hmm. in the foothills of the Himalayas or something. Um, <laughs> the the main thing was that it comes with a pressed 
um, class. And I think that to me, I'm not even a class snob, but the for, that kind of money, for that money, yeah. right? Yeah. I kind of dug into it a little bit more and they do a, the, the Jumbo as a chronograph with the 70, mm-hmm. uh, you know, value in it. And yeah. again, great watch, looks amazing, quite big. And even they describe it as like the grail of their um, lineup. Mm-hmm. And you'll never guess what kind of clasp it's got. And that watch is like five grand. So I think they like if anyone from Marathon gets this message, you know, we'll send them a pigeon or something. Yeah. Um, sort, yeah, sort, sort the clasp out. Just just put a milled clasp on it. It's the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you can buy them from Strap Code, and mm-hmm. they'll and I'm sure they'll put your logo on it, and then uh, everything will be fine. But we said this uh, uh, earlier in the week when we were talking about um, some of the watches that I sent up to you just mm-hmm. because you wanted to have some exposure with some different things. And yeah. we, we all we all came to that conclusion that the watch is great for what they are, but it, mm-hmm. what the letdown is the strap options on the OEM side, which is a shame, especially for the amount of money that you're spending, you know, with one of them retails at three and a half grand. And I would say from my experience, and I can only speak from my experience because I have a mortal size wrist and the way that that bracelet is constructed, it's uh, it's a shame. I think they're sobbing them out. I think uh, I'm not, you know, an expert in the business side of things, but mm. I would guess that they're getting subbed out in, either to slightly different factories or just slightly different lines. Mm. And you can tell when you've got kind of the, the, the high-end watches, I imagine with something like a Submariner, mm. um, whether you like them or hate them, the bracelets on them are absolutely solid. And yeah. I'm pretty sure they're made, you know, side by side yeah, within the, the same vicinity. Yeah. You know, so the um the 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 Explorer bracelet is the best bracelet I've ever tried on, and the second best bracelet that I've experienced. And I had my mm-hmm. Explorer with me to do a side by side comparison was actually the Tudor Ranger bracelet. Oh really? Okay, yeah. well, there you yeah. go. But it's it's the whole package, isn't it? You know, yep. I think when you're, uh, if you just buy a watch because you know you just happen to want a nice watch or whatever, then you maybe won't notice it. But when you have a collection of mm-hmm. you know ten, twenty, thirty watches, it's these things you start to notice how they buckle up, how they fit mm-hmm. on the wrist, whether they rattle, whether they shake. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know maybe some people will be just more than happy when they look down and they see the case and it's the watch that they they really wanted or it cost them X amount of money. I think for us watch nerds it's got to fit the case as well and yep. not everyone's doing that at the moment so yeah hopefully they they all sort it out and we get some nice micro adjust and on the fly adjustment from everybody mm-hmm. but you know when people like you know shout out to notice and people like that and, yes uh, uh, you know they're selling their clasp to other brands mm-hmm. because yep. it's so good and nodex yeah like a five grand um chronograph that comes over pressed clasp then I think it speaks for itself what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. It's been 25 years since they've been doing that. Like, mm-hmm. that's 90s stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's like cheap class. That's what you were getting on Amigas back in the day. But, uh, you know, most people have uh, have modernized. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still horrified when you get a bracelet that's pinning collar at 300 pounds. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what price point it's at. A pinning collar, that's just unacceptable. I, I will not buy a watch that has has pin and collar class or buckles or links. Jeez, mm. flustered me. I got so mad. Yeah, Jay's <laughs> just pulled that marathon up, and it's four thousand seven hundred pounds. And that's on, on a strap rubber. on well, rubber. Yeah. yeah, 
the the pilot's chronograph is is here. I think um, this is showing at four grand from Heine Haynes, so they're mm. obviously selling it as a as a dealer. That's also as well. that's also a very high case profile. That is it's a thick boy. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a watch. Like it mm. is a big watch, but I I like it. I like everything about it, apart from just uh, I mean, I'm trying to get an image up of the class, but it's just one of those things where I think mm. it's letting them down and. I don't know, maybe they're just not bothered. I'm so not it's sure. for about five grand on it says five grand ish on the bracelet. Just uh I know we've now just gone down a tangent before closing notes, but um yeah. Is that it right there? That yeah, that's awful that. It's yeah. the same as what you're gonna get on, you know, one of these which you can pick up on eBay, mm -hmm. the 36 mil, which I really like by the way. It the 36 mil is amazing. You can pick one of them up for like 500 used yeah. i think and it, it it's the same thing it's oh my very God, similar to what's on a, I, um, on a tag f1 <laughs> just uh just to, to throw a side comparison i know we're now just talking about honorable mentions before closing notes but um this chronograph what does it compare to a brightling avenger chronograph because that's what it reminds me of in size like case profile and all that kind of stuff yeah. I think the Avengers going to be, you know, better shaped for sure. And well, I'm just thinking about price now because I don't know what the chronograph right. run for anymore because I've never owned yep. a writing Avenger chronograph. But I'm just thinking, if that's five grand and you're getting a pressed class, I mean, you, and you I mean, right there, forty-seven at Goldsmiths. Yeah. I'm just going to go buy myself. Tend to be quite good as well. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to go buy an Avenger to chronograph, and I'm actually saving money. Although I have it's to say in... that doesn't look amazing either. It doesn't look no amazing. Over, dude. What is this? We're just looking at the clasp of the Brighton Avenger here, and it does look, you know, you can tell it's really a really similar. solid clasp. Yeah, it does mm. look really similar. Maybe they're all getting them subbed out to the same same factory. Uh, I'm still buying a Brightling Avenger over that marathon, though. <laughs> fair. No, that's fair. It's um, a nice watch. Both cool. Cool. But yeah, let down on the clasp for sure. That's something you'd slap on a NATO, I imagine. I'd probably put that uh that that bracelet back in the box and just mm. throw it on a rubber strap or a, a NATO. You can yeah. apply that to most things for you, yeah. to be fair though, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> right, gents. Um moving on to closing notes. Justin, as you uh basically obviously were the last person to go through um, in all of the categories and you were obviously the first on the wrist chat. Can you lead us off, mate, with your closing note, please? Absolutely. So my closing note is kind of uh, just a watch neck beard nerd type show. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not even the, the show isn't even about watches, right? It's just the mm -hmm. people in the show wear cool watches and I noticed that for whatever reason, and I love it. And it's Seinfeld, yep. and it's on Netflix, and uh, I think all eight seasons are on there. But if you've never watched Seinfeld before because you were a child like I was when it uh, first came out, I'm just now getting into Seinfeld. Well, I've already watched it all, but I'm rewatching it several times because that's just how I am. But he wears cool watches. Everybody in the show wears cool watches, so you'll always have uh, – kind of those bits and moments where you see a cool watch and go oh man look he's wearing you know x y and z he usually has like a, a brightling chronograph or a, an omega chronograph just kind of dependent but he he'll switch them up every now and again so 
Seinfeld is my pick. Great pick. Yeah, he's big into watches. Seinfeld's like really big into them. He's he's yep. There we Calls go. As well. We're, we're right now Calls. looking at Google images of Seinfeld wearing uh, Breitling chronographs back in the nineties. He's a oh, big watch. Look at that! That is a nineties chronograph. That. Yeah, that's what he had on for like pretty much all of season one, and I noticed it immediately. It was a watch nerd thing that happened, and uh, I just continued watching it. it. Just yeah, he gets new ones. A couple episodes, I'll have a new one on. There is one uh, funny episode where um, where George, his watch, uh, like he loses his watch. They're walking down the street, and Seinfeld asks, or George asks Seinfeld what time it is, and Seinfeld goes oh, this watch is running slow or something again, and he just takes it off and throws it in the trash, and some homeless guy walks by and picks it up. <laughs> they just walk off. Like, it's it's so strange. It's something weird, but there's something um, that I enjoy about it. It's nostalgic as being a 90s kid. You know, it's cool thinking back on everybody wearing watches back in the day because it seems so bizarre that that was happening 20 years ago, and now almost nobody wears watches. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so I've uh, narrowed it down. Joe, what about your closing note, mate? Um, I think we've we've both gone down kind of a bit of a nostalgic avenue because, um, I was speaking to a friend this week and we were just talking about some some music and he sent me a song and it reminded me of, uh, basically a song by uh, a band called Metronomy, uh, mm-hmm. who I was really into in my late teens, and it made me stick them on and uh, th- this particular. Uh, one for the closing note is the album Nights Out by Metronomy. Uh, it's from 2008 and um, it's a bit different. It's kind of like synth indie kind of music, but this was like the soundtrack to my like late teens. And mm-hmm. it's one of those albums where you, you can really put it on from the start, listen to the whole thing as like one piece. And yeah, some of it's, you know, to some people might describe it as a bit weird, um, but they're just like generally really talented people. Mm. And they're just vibing, I think. And yeah, they're from uh from Totnes, which uh, I believe is in Devon. Mm. And uh yeah, just uh, nice. back in the day, I saw them live a few times, and they had like I'm sure it's like a clarinet on stage, and just you know stuff that's, that you weren't expecting. It wasn't just like two guys, you know, on guitar and drums. They had like brass people playing with them, as well as a load of synthesizers. It's a cool album, nice. and uh, yeah, I put it on as in in its entirety this week, and. Um, yeah, it just reminded me how good it was, and I'd completely forgotten about it. Strong. What's their name again? I want to write it down so I can check them out. Metronomy. It's like uh, Metro. Metronomy. Strong. Um, nice. I, I have uh, got two closing notes. Uh, one is international, and one is for UK, because I don't know if the UK one is going to go international. So I've okay. just covering off both sides of the Atlantic, boys. Um, so international is a book by Matthew Richardson, called My Name Is Nobody. Um, Follows on from a previous closing note that I mentioned in the last couple of episodes, uh, The Scarlet Papers. So uh, Matthew Richardson writes very good uh, espionage books. Uh, And as you know, in typical ZT podcast fashion, I always encourage you to get the audio book because the narrators are good. So uh, go check that out if you want a slightly different uh, espionage um, book. Uh, and it's actually a part. It's a part, not to say it's part one or two, but it's a it's a it's the first book in a character arc series. So I don't know if he's going to continue with that, but there is two 
books by Matthew Richardson that follow the same character. So this is the first one, and it's called My Name is Nobody. Um, now for the UK shout, uh, UK closing note is a thing called Moonwalkers. So it's a uh, exhibit uh, in London, a place called Lightroom. Um, it costs you £35 and you can actually stay in the room for as long as you want. They actually won't kick you out because of the way you go through it. But effectively, what Moonwalkers is, is it's a documentary of about 50 minutes uh, and it's very immersive. So you go into this room uh, and all four walls of the massive room, amphitheatre that you are in, are projected onto for the entire documentary uh and the documentary is narrated by tom hanks and it was a um kind of pet project similar to i guess masters of the air which is due, due to come out uh this week at the time of recording um but it fell out of his love of space from when he was a boy and he remembers watching the apollo uh missions as a kid which obviously then led him obviously further down the line to take on the role of Jim Lovell in uh, Apollo 13. So out the back of that, he's obviously always been into space and he's got to sit down with a lot of the astronauts and stuff. And he developed this project. And this project highlights the successful moon landing missions in Apollo with interviews and unseen videos, obviously remastered and unseen photos and all this kind of stuff along with interviews with the Artemis mission crews who are going to be going back to the moon in 2024. So if you get a chance to come down to London and you're, you know, long weekend in your case, Joe, if you want to come down, mate, and crash at mine, absolutely fine. We'll, we'll, go, and do, we'll go and do it. Uh, combine some watch stuff in there and all that kind of good stuff. But 35 quid, um, go watch the documentary. And then around the entire area where the exhibit is being held, it's near King's Cross, um, is massive printed boards of some of the stills imagery taken on the moon. Um, and it's fantastic. So, yeah, if you're into space or photography or videography or just a bit of a nerd and like all that kind of stuff, go check it out. And uh, yes, the steely-eyed of you among, among you, if you go and do it and you are into watches, you will see some very cool uh, Speedmaster wrist shots. Um, so nice. That. Strong. Strong. So, yeah. Guys, um, thank you for giving up your time this evening. I know uh, we started a little bit later than we initially planned. However, you know, I like to think the episode went really well. Uh, thank you for your five watch suggestions each. I know that's 15 watches that we've gone through this uh, this episode. And I look forward to the next panel episode when I come up with which topic of the five watches that we're going to do. Um, until then, obviously, gents, I will catch you in a bit. <laughs>